Ladies and gentlemen, the Empire Kazoo Band presents the Marvel theme. Okay, guys, in one, two, one, two, three, four. Hang on, you missed the introduction. You missed the introduction. <laughs> oh, you want the introduction? <laughs> you have you to want like the to do the full theme from the top, people. From the top. From the top. Okay. One. Whoa, 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 whoa. Count in, count in. All right, all right, all right. On a one, a two, a one, two, three, four. God, that seemed like such a good idea at the time. <laughs> Next week, spoons. Hello, Pod. I'm Chris Hewitt, and if you're still with us after that, and I can't blame you if you're not, welcome to a very special episode on a very special episode called On a Very Special Episode. This is, of course, the fourth of our WandaVision Spoiler Special podcasts, and it is dedicated to episode five on a very special episode in which the mystery of what's happening to Wanda and Vision thickens even more. Wanda makes swords shit themselves, and an unexpected visitor, albeit one oft predicted by someone on this very pod, <coughs> shows up. <laughs> but is this a cameo on the level of Bangly Bang? The end of The Mandalorian, we shall see. Maybe. Maybe not. There may still be one to come. How strange. Maybe. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> joining me to discuss this episode are three of the finest dick, uh, sorry, terrorists, sorry, dick terrorists that I know. Sadly, I couldn't recast any of them due to their cast iron watertight contracts. Please yeah, welcome right. Helen O'Hara. Yeah, guess who wrote the contracts? Me. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> me. You're welcome. Boom. Jen Walters. <laughs> Real life Jen Walters. Me, me, me. Uh, please welcome James Dyer. Uh, the part of James Dyer would be played by Penn Travis on this particular podcast. Penn Travis? <laughs> Penn Travis. <laughs> Penn Travis. Travis's evil twin. <laughs> the Penn Travis is mightier than the sword Travis. So. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, please God. welcome, <laughs> in the role of Penn Travis, <laughs> Penn Travis. <laughs> What's going on? Yeah, I have no idea anymore. I think we kazooed our own brains out. <laughs> It's seven quid I spent in this fucking See, thing. I don't understand. Like, you two chose poorly. Like, the night in Last Crusade would be laughing at you right now. You spent, like, seven quid on one kazoo, and I got a pack of six for six ninety nine. <laughs> and yours have a much deeper and more kazoo-y thumbra, whereas, whereas <laughs> yeah. ours is it's just shit. It's just shit. It's a bit thin-sounding. I yeah. don't... I, I'm furious. I'm... 
Yes, if a kazoo doesn't have a resonant sound, God knows that's a deal breaker. That's what I look for in a kazoo. (laughs) See, this is the commitment we have to these spoiler specials. All of us, Amazon primed the shit out of a whole kazoo Mm -hmm. orchestra. Uh, In fact, there's only three of us, I'd just like to be clear. (laughs) Helen was Um, just like, I'm having no part of this puerile shit. Helen has had no part in any of our renditions, our wonderful, (laughs) sure-to-be award-winning, and when I say award-winning, as in the damages will be awarding (laughs) Michael Cicchino when he sues our fucking asses off for for doing this. But, you know, award-winning renditions of the Marvel Studios fanfare. And I like to think that Michael Cicchino and his lawyers will see that it comes from a a wonderful place. It comes from, from deep from the heart, not the lead larynx. Yeah, I, I'm. I think our best hope is that Michael Giacchino and his lawyers can't recognise it and um, yes. and leave us alone. They certainly can't prove anything. It doesn't bear any resemblance, so you know it should be fine. That's very clear. That's very completely, clear. completely unrecognisable. It's fine. It's very much, very much. Any any resemblance to tunes, living or dead, is purely yeah. coincidental. Hey, look, Ben Ben's mid orchestral flourishes. I think were definitely a high point. So uh, they really Quite were. Literally, they really yeah. were. And, and yeah. guys, we had not rehearsed that. If you're listening at home, this may shock you. <laughs> like they could not tell that. <laughs> <laughs> we were sending each other on our WhatsApp group all week. We were sending, you know, because we got the kazoos the other day. We were sending each other like little renditions of what it might sound like with one person. But I think you'll agree that with three people, it was somehow even better. With three people taking into account the lag caused by Squadcast, which is about yeah. a second, isn't it? So we're all clearly out of sync. That's right, Jimbo. Squadcast was at fault here. Not <laughs> yes, us. it's all Squadcast. If it wasn't for Squadcast, it would have been absolutely sublime. Come on, yes. Chris. If, if Kevin Feige can smash cinematic universes together, you can edit that into something coherent. Yes. Or can That's he? It. Is that what's happening? Well, this is exciting. Yes, yeah. yes. Anyway, anyway, people have not signed up to listen to Kazoo Cast. Uh, they might So have. let's put the Kazoos away. I'm going to put mine over here where I can't oh, reach it. There it is. It's gold as well. Beautiful, beautiful thing. Seven fucking quid. Anyway. <laughs> we all the same one. Yours is gold and mine's silver, and I feel aggrieved at that. I want yeah. a gold one. It feels uh, as yeah. a metaphor there. Amazon Prime knows. It knows. <laughs> Jeff Bezos looked into my heart and he saw I deserved a gold kazoo. Just one that doesn't work. He looked work. into your heart and retired. <laughs> yes, he retired. Yeah. I'm the reason. <laughs> I'm the reason Jeff Bezos stepped down. He was like, "That's it, Chris. You had bought a kazoo. The whole world is fucked. There's no coming back from this." I'm off to my underground bunker. Having seen Greenland, I do worry now whether he is off to an underground bunker, whether he knows yeah. something we don't. Anyway, as ever, let's start with a recap, <laughs> he said 25 minutes into the podcast. After last week's revelations in the mind-blowing episode four, we are straight back into the world of WandaVision, which is now an 80s-style sitcom. Wanda and Vision are trying to soothe their crying twins, Billy and Tommy, but nothing works until their neighbour, Agnes, shows up. However, after stumbling over a missed cue, which seems to suggest that Agnes is also one of the many thousands of Westview residents being held hostage by Wanda, Vision begins to suspect, even more so than before, that something is deeply, deeply fucked up here. And you don't need a kazoo rendition of the MCU fanfare to tell you that. Billy and Tommy then age up to five years old, which just seems normal. Uh, Back outside the camp, Jimmy Woo, Darcy Lewis and Monica Rambeau work together to try to piece together what's happening in Westview. A briefing by S.W.O.R.D. director Hayward reveals that Wanda stole Vision's corpse nine days ago. 
Well, blimey. Mm. Uh, back in the show, Billy and Tommy now have a little dog called Sparky. Oh, And at work, Vision discovers an email from S.W.O.R.D. about something called the Maximoff Anomaly and temporarily rescues Norm from his fugue state. Meanwhile, Monica pilots a drone into Westview, but it's actually an attempt by Hayward, that giant dick terrorist, to take Wanda out. It backfires. She exits the dome. Costume and Sokovian accent ahoy and scares the living shit out of them before heading back in. Lynn, after discovering that Sparky is dead, no. having eaten some leaves outside Agnes's home, Billy and Tommy asked her mom to bring him back from the dead. But can she even do that? Is that beyond even the incredible powers of Wanda Maximoff? Mm. <gasps> back at their home, Vision is pissed off and confronts Wanda about the world in which they live and the lie in which they live and they look set to square off. But then the doorbell rings and a surprise visitor arrives. A very surprising visitor to everyone. Who could it be? Who could it be? It's only bloody Pietro Maximoff, a.k.a. Quicksilver, a.k.a. Wanda's dead brother. But this is a very different Pietro. In fact, he looks a lot like Peter. And... Indeed, Peters, Evan Peters, from the X-Men movies. And that, my friends, for the second week in a row, is how you hang a cliff. Fucking hell. Mm. Oh my god. Where to even begin? So much this week. Uh, let's start with the obvious. Let's start with Pietro, right? I mean, yeah, start with the end. Let's do. Let's go full Quentin yeah. Tarantino. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, so you, you. I mean, we've been talking about this. It had been rumored. Mm. I, I have been adamantly against this. Hashtag not my Pietro. Yeah, I pooed it. Yeah, I, I thought it was a terrible, terrible idea. And frankly, I was unhappy to see him in the show because I'm like, what? Aaron Taylor Johnson is that busy? I mean, come on, guys. However, however, having sulked about this after the episode for a while, <laughs> I, I did. I sulked for a bit. I was not happy. And I especially didn't like his New York accent. And that, and that kind of annoyed me. But I, I kind of, I've come around to the multiverse of this because now I'm thinking, now that this has actually happened, now that I've seen this in the flesh, I now am starting, because, you know, I've been poo-pooing the Spider-Man casting as well, that they're bringing all these people in. And now I'm starting to obviously see what they're doing and it does feel a lot like that the whole of the foxiverse and indeed i guess the sonyverse of marvel things are alternate realities they're planes in the multiverse which are now bleeding into this plane in some fashion so if they're going to do it here they're going to do it spider-man and i think chris is right and you mentioned this before about how this will be how they get mutants into the mcu and it makes a lot of sense i'm starting to believe that and I, initially i didn't because i thought Realistically, they want to recast them all anyway, because you would, wouldn't you? But the only person from the Foxiverse that you wouldn't want to recast from an X-Men point of view feels to me like Hugh Jackman. Now, do we think Hugh Jackman, obviously Logan was a brilliant capstone on the character. If he would want to do it again, if he would still be up for doing that role, he feels like the one person I think you'd struggle to recast. No, I don't think they touch Wolverine for a while. I don't even necessarily think that this means any of that. Okay, um, okay. Which is not to say it. that yep. I don't think they're going to do that because I think you're absolutely right that that the multiverse is coming and you know we're going to have much more complicated realities to keep track of. Now, bearing in mind that I was totally wrong about at least two things this week, I just didn't think Evan Peters would turn up in this role, and I Neither didn't did I. understand where that was coming from. So I may be co totally wrong again, but here is a scenario: he's some dude from that town, and he's had this personality put on him because. 
this is essentially what she needs right now. And his casting is a joke on us, but is not actually indicative of the X universe. See, I would have gone with that 100% were it not for everything that's going on with Spider-Man. Like if this was in mm. isolation, I yeah, thought fair. exactly right. It's like it's a gag on us, but I just feel like but, this is. But this a is not to say that the, uni- the multiverse isn't coming. But I don't think it comes with those X Men castings. What What do you mean? Is a joke on us? It's like, just it's, it's just a like meta. A, it's it's a meta joke. little yeah. reference. The fact an that he's joke bit of recasting. Yeah, that's a very specific joke. I'm not sure about that. Cast Evan Peters by all means as a completely different character. But you cast him as as Pietro. You cast him as Quicksilver. Mm. That's if that's just yeah. a joke on us. That's that seems. It's too. It's not Marvel. Too it's too. It's too deliberate. Feels to me for Maybe Marvel. So. Like, it might well be so. Um, I just. Yeah. But I don't see how you bring that cast in on purpose. It just. Uh, but then I suppose you're right with the Spider-Man thing. I, like, it makes it makes sense. Like the the whole multiple Earth thing, obviously, as we all know, has a massive legacy in the comics, and you know, and and if they're going down that route in Spider-Man, it does make a certain amount of sense. If you're introducing mutants to this, I'm not necessarily tying this to mutants, I'm just using it as an example, but but if you're, if you're going to introduce something like mutants into this, like they're suddenly going to come about. Yeah, I guess you could have mutants suddenly start appearing, but it almost does work in a not necessarily more elegant way, but certainly in an alternative way to just have it so that they bleed over from it. It's like, a, it's like the Witcher. Yeah, no, it's yeah. the conjunction of the spheres. Yeah. No, I think that's how they'll do... X-Men, I genuinely do. I just don't see that happening. I didn't see that happening here. In WandaVision. Yeah. Mm. I agree with Helen. I think they've done made a very specific choice of all the projects to do this with, of all the shows. Uh, this feels like a Marvel project that is very much in dialogue with the viewer. And I think I sort of agree with Helen that it's it's a sort of in-joke to us. It's a reference to us, especially the, the notion of, it, of this character being recast but as somebody that we already know, I I think they've chosen this in a very specific instance of that reality is warping and breaking. And I don't yeah. think for me that this means that the X-Men in the Fox films are going to be the mutants that are eventually brought into the MCU. And I still feel hesitant about that. It works on that level of it's a TV show and TV shows recast mm. characters all the time. Hell, the MCU recasts <laughs> characters all the time. Indeed. Don Cheadle and Mark Ruffalo say hi to mm. Ed Norton and Terence Howard, by the way, to name just two. But when they do it, they do it without referencing it. Whereas here, yes. obviously, Darcy makes a point of mm. referencing it. Of re- yeah, but to her, to her, it would just be some dude who clearly looks like Pietro. And yes, I get it. To us, we know that this is F. Peters, who played Quicksilver in the Fox movies. But what you're saying is essentially there's just, it's no more than that in a way. I think it is more than that. But I don't think... I don't think it's him yet because we're not asking why this is happening so far. We haven't discussed Mm. why this is happening. Mm. Why has Evan Peters credited at the end as Pietro Maximoff, which is not that character's name in the the X-Men universe. That is not that character's accent in the X-Men universe. Well, the accent, I think, is very deliberate, but go on. The accent's very deliberate. It's It's a dickish... You yes. know, you think it's a it's a guy, it's a guy from New Jersey who speaks yeah, like it's that. Yeah, it's the it's the annoying uncle in all of those eighty sitcoms. Yeah. like that's, yeah, absolutely, that's, that's what he's going to be. Thing. Yeah, but why? So why him? You know, has is this Peter from those movies? Mm. Has he been plucked from somewhere, put under Wanda's mind control, or whoever's doing this? Because I'm still not convinced it's Wanda. Mm-hmm. Wanda's mind control doohickey, and now thinks that he is her brother Pietro. What is going on? I I still think he's being forced into a role 
um, whether by Wanda or parties unknown. I'm not sure. I'm uh, my big thing after this week is I think this is all about grief. So we talked last week about the fact that Monica's recent experience of grief might mean that in, in, in the end, she is somehow able to get through to Wanda on that level, on that shared emotional level. But I think there's a chance at least, maybe more than that, that Catherine Hand's character, if she is Agatha, if she is a bad guy, if she is involved in this, that she's doing it because she needs somebody brought back to life and she thinks Wanda might be able to do it. And I think that's what the dog is about. I think that's what that whole subplot is about. That's kind of testing Wanda's abilities, testing Wanda's limits, testing how far Wanda can go. And I think that would also explain Pietro's appearance because she's trying to Hmm. figure out exactly how far Wanda's grief will drive her. Hmm. So you think, you think Agnes killed Sparky? No, I (laughs) think possibly, but I think Agnes lost somebody and I think Agnes is doing this to get somebody back, possibly Ralph. Let's call him Ralph for now. I don't know who she lost. She's lost somebody. I think she sees Wanda's powers as a potential way to get whoever she lost back. And I think that's what she is trying to do here. If she is the bad guy, which of course, like this is all speculation. And bear in mind, I have been very wrong about things that have turned up this week. But that would, to me, seem an elegant way of kind of bringing these characters together, of, of explaining the show of having a villain and a hero, hero anti-heroine, mm. whatever you want to call her, who are kind of mirror images of each other. They're both trying to get somebody back from the dead. And so whether or not she intended to kill Sparky, I think she might have killed Sparky or might have created Sparky intentionally to die. And Sparky in the comic as well, of course, he had, dies, had yeah. form with dying and being resurrected. So that might be another little clue that there's something going on here with grief. Yeah, I think, yeah, it's it's absolutely a show about grief and, yeah. and coming back from that and coming to terms with that and Wanda's not dealing very well with that. She even has that, that discussion with uh, Billy and Tommy where she's basically giving them the pep talk that someone yeah. needs to have with her. <laughs> yeah, but, Let it go. Uh, but I, I'm i not sure that Wanda is responsible for Liz Pietro turning up. Well, she almost, she says she isn't, doesn't yeah, she? Yeah, but I'm yeah. saying she isn't. I'm saying it's Agnes, Agatha, you know, A and other. But then I guess what Wanda consciously does and what she unconsciously does True. is not that is also possible. Yeah, is this, yeah, and Wanda losing control. Even in this episode, we see that there are things that she's not entirely in control mm. of. She's yeah. not in control in any way, shape, or form of Billy and Tommy, for or example, uh, or Vision to an extent. But she was she edited him a couple of weeks ago. But but I mean, in this episode, yeah, mm. in this episode, she doesn't seem to be wanting to do that. Although I would say the most sinister uh, line of the episode is Vision saying to Wanda, "You can't control me," and she goes, "Can't I?" and rolls the credits. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, and that's she, she rolls the credits, but it's also a, f- a failed thread yeah. to him, can't I? I can control you. If, but he also if I, fights if I back to. against that. He does. Both of them he flying does, yes. as well. Mm. Uh, pa- bit mm-hmm. of passive aggressive flying. I also quite like. After we said last week that he wouldn't come to blows, it came yeah, very, very close did, this week. Indeed. <laughs> it's, it's the line, I think, the seismic line in this for me, more than anything else, is when she says, Do you really think I'm controlling everything? I don't know how any of this started in the first place, yeah. which could be an external yeah. force. It could be her subconscious, but it feels increasingly like it's an external force. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a combination. Like, I think she's not blameless, but neither is she fully to blame. I think there's a there's an element of somebody, at, at the very least, pushing buttons. And I think the reason why that's the case is because just before that, Vision says, I can only assume this was subconscious at first and you only recently became aware of it. Mm. And then she layers this on afterwards, which I think very much implies that there is a third party at work. I think there's a third party work. I'm still not sure it's Agnes. I think this, no? this yeah. episode so is very well be a red interesting. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, I think this episode is very interesting in terms of how she fits into the show. They still haven't found her driver's license. That's interesting. Is she the missing person? Is she the person in the witness protection program mm. who went missing in the first place? Would therefore Jimmy Woo not be able to recognize her? <laughs> you would think. But if Wanda didn't bring back Pietro, and I'm not convinced that she did, then someone else did. Mm. And if someone else has the ability to do that, then why would they need Wanda? Different power sets, I guess. But then, like, her powers seem to be changing because her whole thing was manipulation and illusion and, you know, telepathic mm. manipulation. Here, as I said, she is manipulating the fabric of matter, which she does in the comics, but up until this point hasn't really done in the, uh, you know, in the show. It's interesting because it's a show at which she has conjured or someone has conjured for her life out of nothing. And we thought initially that might be what she had done with Vision. We now seem to... Mm. Mm. There's a there's an indication yeah. that I think one of you said this recently that maybe she had taken this corpse and she's weakened at Bernie's name. Yeah, that's more or less what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but there's also she she can conjure life out of nothing, but I do wonder if conjuring life from death is actually beyond her, which is why it's not Aaron Taylor Johnson's Pietro who turns yeah. up at the end. It's yeah. an another because yeah. yeah, like reanimating Vision isn't bringing something back to life because obviously he's a machine. So. Mm. Yeah, it's not quite the same, is it? No. And he was artificially created in mm. the first place, but with the same power source that she uses. Mm. But I, I mean, that's that. What you said about Pietro is one of the reasons that I thought he might be a person in town who's been manipulated into being this character, whether by her or by somebody else. She needs. She was talking about Pietro earlier in the episode, and obviously, of course, a couple of weeks ago. Again, that kind of plays into this idea that she either needs him or he's there to do something and force her to do something, prompt her in some way. But mm. if it is about raising the dead and if that is something that somebody's trying to get her to do or see if she can do, it would make sense to bring him back in some form to try and push her in that direction, maybe. Mm. I noticed that they've, they've moved away from the aspect ratio games now that they've, they've this one seems locked to widescreen all the way through despite the fact it was an 80s sitcom and those would have all have been in 4-3 but uh, nevertheless <laughs> nevertheless i also like the fact that that they describe wanda as like she's framing it out of shot like just like the jump cuts like she decides what makes it into the sitcom and i love the idea that she's part scarlet witch and part roger deakins kind of like putting this all together like, <laughs> oh, yeah, we'll frame it this way <laughs> she's painting with light yeah, darling. She she's painting with light <laughs> uh yeah because I, I i noticed that whenever darcy said that and it reminded me we discussed last week was there a, a new shot of agnes in the episode but also if you remember darcy and co watch the moment where Dottie breaks the glass and cuts herself. Mm -hmm. And when we saw that episode, we got to see what happened afterwards, but in the show they didn't. Mm. So there was a yeah. there was a, a conversation between Wanda and Dottie where Dottie was, you know, going a bit dotty and and that was cut for broadcast. So yeah, maybe this is a whole treatise on censorship as well. Maybe that's what <laughs> it is, ultimately. But I'm still, I honestly, I so let's go round the room here really quickly because we've got other things to talk about other than Peter slash Pietro. So once and for all, your theories about why, who, why, where, what, and how, and when. I don't necessarily think in this case. I don't know is the answer. But what I think this is doing is rather than saying this is actually Quicksilver from Days of Future Past and 
we have now opened up a dimension to another universe. I don't think it's that. I think this is layering on, foreshadowing, opening doors, a crack for future plot device. So I think it's teeing up to a certain extent Spider-Man 3, and I think it's teeing up maybe what they will do in a kind of multiverse-type way, in the same way that I think that very pointed conversation uh, between Monica Rambeau uh, and Darcy and Wu is, is, is foreshadowing for Captain Marvel 2. Like, it feels yeah. like they're setting the table for stuff that will come on like i don't think we're going to have the multiverse explained or the door kicked open in this show i think they'll save that for a movie but i think it's it's setting setting the table for it i think that this is somebody who has been reskinned in the sort of refabrication of reality to look like a version of pietro who cannot be the aaron taylor johnson version because that guy is dead and there is weird stuff happening in this universe but there's nobody back from the dead except vision where there's the body there and they can sort of do stuff with that so i think this is somebody else who Mm -hmm. um has been reskinned to play the role that wanda needs him to play of being able to process her brother's death but then why wouldn't he just look like Aaron Taylor Johnson? Because it's a reskinning. It's a it's a recast. It is a recasting. It is a recasting. If it, if it was Aaron Taylor Johnson, then it's like, oh well, Quicksilver's back from the dead, but nobody is back from the dead. So they've got the next best thing, which is some guy from the time. Some guy from the town who has been reskinned to look like Evan Peters, who is a Peter slash. <laughs> so hang on. Uh, <laughs> no, no, my brain. No, Do you know what I mean? No, no. So how would they know that he? Ha- how would they know that this guy has played Quicksilver? They wouldn't. So that's why would the they choose? For, why that's would they only choose a him? meta joke for us. I yeah. don't, I'm not. No, I'm I not. Know, I know. That. Yeah. I know. I know. I I I renounce you and I renounce <laughs> your ways. I renounce my wish. And you might be right. You might be right. <laughs> you might be you right. <laughs> I was wrong about the weekend of Bernie's thing. So you know. It feels wrong to me that this is some kind of like X-Menification of the MCU. I I still don't think they will fully cross those streams. I don't know why the MCU, with its largely flawless track record, would, as much as I love some of those X-Men films, tie directly into a series of films that the highs are highs and the lows are very low. I don't think they would fully merge those things. I think they will do their own mutants, and this is just a very specific instance they can do. And I also don't think they'll do mutants until they've done Fantastic Four. I think it's quite clear they're going to the priority is Fantastic Four and then mutants down the line. I understand that. I understand wanting to give it a little bit of breathing room between especially the not so good ones. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Nobody in the show has been reskinned in that way that we can see. Everybody's face correlates and matches someone else. We're not saying literal face change. We're saying there's a dude who looks like Evan Peters in the town and he's been chosen to play <laughs> her brother. <hell. laughs> I mean, that, that's true. That's amazing. I don't know if I agree with that. Oh my that's God. what I'm saying. We, we've seen that things go, that go through the anomaly physically change. Like the, yes. the rope becomes a skipping rope. The, the yeah, yeah. hazmat suit became a beekeeper suit, which is why I think mm-hmm. that this is somebody else who doesn't even look like Evan Peters, but has been reskinned to look like Evan Peters. But it oh, has see, to be the Evan Peters one because the Aaron Taylor Johnson one is dead, dead, dead. And there is no way. It doesn't way matter of, if he's dead, dead, dead. Yeah, how does they that They can still make him look like Aaron Taylor Johnson. Yeah, if, if somebody's just changing people's faces, like I've seen Face Off, they can do a lot. You know, they don't yeah. need a live Aaron Taylor Johnson to do that. They can so make a doesn't... Commodore 64 connect to the internet. So I'm. You know. But I, I think that's a line that they're trying to draw in this show is that dead is dead. <laughs> and it's about coming into terms with dead is dead. So they need somebody Vision's to. Vision's walking play around. <laughs> but there's a bunny. But, like, but is she, he, he's is plugged he actually, in somewhere. Yeah. She, she, she pulled his ass out of sword. 
plugged him in, did whatever she wanted <laughs> oh, wow. to the stuff that we didn't see for several days. Oh no. <laughs> what were they doing for nine days? Oh no. The, qu- the question, please don't speculate along those lines. I can't, I can't be having with it. We had enough speculation about Vision's bits last, last week. Thank you. But here's the thing about that. So I was, you know, a bit wary of having Vision's corpse around because that just seemed too grim. But given what we know this week, given what we learned this week about her actually having his custody of his body now, um, it does begin to seem like that flash she had of him as a corpse is the reality, and that, that's what she sees. Yeah, yeah, and that she, everything else is is you know a, a twitch on top. So, oh my god. Okay, so if it's anyone's coming to noodles. this podcast for answers, then I'm so, so sorry. You're, you're not going to get any. You're going to get more questions than answers, to be honest. And and a lot of it's going to be, um, uh-huh. what about... Well, here's, here's, here's a theory. Here's one I'm going to throw at you guys. All right. So the beekeeper, the beekeeper bloke, the mm-hmm. sword agent who goes into town, correct me if I'm wrong, we have never seen his face. I think that's true, yeah. I think that's true. So you think... And there was some speculation that he was uh, Evan Peters... Although, did we not see him before he went in? No, we saw him with a helmet on. I don't think we've ever seen his face. So then if with a helmet on, we wouldn't even see his hair, which would be the giveaway. Mm -hmm. True. Although his hair can change. Everybody's hair Mm. changes. Vision's hair this week is awful. Oh, God, isn't it? It's the stuff of nightmares. It's a full Chesney. Oh, no. it's, I'm not going to pretend really I didn't actually, have right. that exact haircut in that era. But, <laughs> We've you know, seen the pictures. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. A cold, emotionless robot with curtains. <laughs> James is, is like, just to, to quote face off once again, it's like looking in a mirror, only not. <sighs> yeah. Um, yeah, the, the the whole thing, we've spent somehow a lot of time talking about, well, not somehow, because there's a huge, huge plot development. I, I do wonder if this is a little way into the X-Men, and I've been thinking this for a while. And I think it, it's absolutely in keeping that the first X-Man we would see is someone who's not even really a proper X-Man. But the fact that he has, if you think about it, the fact that he has an emotional connection that, that you know, it was such a bold thing in a way. I don't know whether Joss Whedon entirely knew what he was setting off by killing Quicksilver in Age of Ultron. I don't think he did. I think he I think was he, trolling he, people he, who don't like Hawkeye, but sure. Yeah, there was a bit of that, yeah. He killed him because he's Joss Whedon and surprises and misdirects are what he does. And that's what it like was. And then he, was, uh, he yeah. was like dropping the mic, I'm out, bye Marvel, see you later. There you go, I've left the corpse of Quicksilver in the corner, do with it what you will. And some really clever people have come in and kind of gone, yeah, Wanda never really got over her brother, did she? I mean, that, that's a weird, they're, they're twins, there's a connection. So maybe we can do something with Quicksilver. And he's the only X-Man, so to speak, the only mutant character who would have that connection to Wanda, with the possible exception, of course, of one Eric mm. Lencher. Yeah. I don't know. There's been a lot of speculation this week, because Lizzie Olsen said in an interview recently that there's going to be a cameo at some point in WandaVision that's on the level of bangly bang, showing up, spoiler alert, at the end of The Mandalorian Season 2. Is this it? Is this Maybe. it? Because some people have been going... It's underwhelming you know, if it is, but... Quick, so, why is it underwhelming? We should spend half an hour okay, arguing fair. about okay, it. it is, I, suppose, <laughs> I suppose what I'm saying is it is definitely seismic, but it's seismic because of what it means potentially, though not necessarily for the MCU. Like, just having Evan Peters turn up, it's not like, eh, you know, it's not like if, you know, the mighty Thanos had turned up at the doorstep oh, and we'd, oh, God. God. we'd have been like, oh my God! But, you know... Mm-hmm. You would have been... <laughs> Yes, if, if, yeah, if, if Thanos had turned up in a sitcom, I'm sure that everyone would have been reacting really, really calmly. Um, <laughs> shit, it's him. It's him. Oh, fuck. Uh, 
Yeah. There's lots of rumors. You know, my my theory last week is that Doctor Strange is going to show up. Mm. Uh, Paul Bettany said in another, in another interview that, you know, he had shot scenes with an actor he'd long wanted to work with. And correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think he has shared a, a scene with Benedict Cumberbatch in the MCU to date. Uh, so it might be him. And then some people were saying it might be Magneto. Which Magneto? <sighs> Well, it could be any of them. It could be it could be Fassbender, it could be um, McKellen, or it could be someone recast for this. But I, you have all sorts of problems with that. Yeah. You have all sorts of problems yeah. with this because this isn't yeah. Wanda's brother. She's not a mutant no. in the mm. traditional sense of the word. This is another guy from another universe. And if Magneto turned up, it'd be, it'd be a bit weird because there's no emotional connection there. Well, there is an emotional connection to... Pietro slash Peter. Mm. Also, I don't know if you guys noticed in this week's episode, and I think for the first time ever, her parents were name checked. Yeah. You notice that? Yeah. Oleg and Irina. Irina and Oleg Maximov. And Mm. my theory from last week that the people that we see in the the commercials are her parents. I'm beginning to lean even more in that direction. Although, again, does that bring us into the question of what life she can and can't create and what reality she can and can't create in this town. You know, is it two people in the town that she has to work with for those adverts or is that something coming entirely from her subconscious? I think that's coming from her subconscious because of all the stuff it's tied into, especially, mm. I mean, we Lagos, picked up on it yeah. from from the earlier episodes, but this week's advert is so yeah. specifically oh tied. Oh my God. That line, Lagos, for when you make a mess, you didn't mean to. And he's cl- she's cleaning up <laughs> yeah. red liquid on the counter. It's like, wow, mm-hmm. this yeah. is on the nose. <laughs> and, and it's still dripping at the end, yeah. even though it's been mopped up. Yeah. That was good. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. In terms of cameos, I, I don't know. Uh, Magneto feels too far f- far-fetched yeah. to me. Um, the other one that stands out to me is potentially Captain Marvel. Like There was that line um, that Monica Rambo said this week that was, uh, I know an aerospace engineer who'd be up for this challenge. And uh, immediately maybe- So there's speculation that that is Reed Richards. They're not going to introduce Reed Richards in this, surely. No, I don't think they're going to introduce him, but it might be like queuing up a sort of, and then he cameos in Captain <laughs> Marvel 2 and she knows him and I don't know. It sounded to me like she was calling this person, whoever it is. I don't know. Listen, there might be a reason. This wasn't meant to be the first show in the uh, in Phase 4. This wasn't no, meant to be the first thing we wasn't. saw in Phase 4. That was meant to be Black Widow. Then it was meant to be Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Then it was meant to be Eternals. And this was going to be the fourth. And I wonder maybe... I wonder. I wonder maybe... <laughs> I wonder. I wonder maybe if whenever they realised everything was moving back, whether they placed a little bit more importance on WandaVision and therefore this might be a backdoor pilot for the X-Men, so to speak. (laughs) But I still, I don't know, I can't see them introducing a character as seismic as Reed Richards as a cameo in this? Look, that's not absolutely not what I'm suggesting. I am suggesting that that is a reference in the same way we've got references like I've been looking for your lost friend in Age of Ultron from Falcon, you know, or in Winter Soldier where they reference, you know, Bruce Banner, Stephen Strange. Strange. Yeah, Yeah, you know, stuff like that. I think it's one of those throwaway moments that may well reference Reed Richards, but is not a signal that he's suddenly going to cameo. It could be like exactly like the Captain Marvel thing is that they're sort of laying the groundwork for things. Because like you yeah. notice when they scan Monica Rambo, there there are anomalies with her scan. It's like, could mm. this be her hero origin story? Like what's happened yeah. to her? Is that what triggers her to have that's powers? That's entirely yeah. possible. Yeah. We talked about this last week, didn't we? We were thinking, because she doesn't seem to have powers. I don't think she has powers, but I wonder if maybe being blasted mm. by Wanda through the dome has given her powers. And that's mm. this is the beginning of it. 
Now, you could interpret her decision not to have another scan and not to look at the x-ray as just, I'm busy, let's get on with things. Or you could look at it as, I have powers and I don't want them to find out that I have powers because of the Sokovia Accords and whatnot. Yeah, I think it's the former, but I think it will turn out to be the latter. Mm, interesting. All right. So who is this engineer, Lynn? Who could it, who could it conceivably could it be? be if it's not? Who could it be if it's not Reed Richards? Is it someone we've met before? Is it someone we haven't met before? Aerospace engineer. Who's an aerospace engineer in the MCU? I have no idea. I can't think I mean, of any. That's the thing that made me think of of Carol Danvers. But maybe she, well, she's that's not, she's not an engineer. engineer. She's, she's, a, she's pilot. a pilot. Hmm. Yeah, she might have learned a thing or two. Yeah, from she might have done. Yeah, <laughs> she might have been at night school for a while. Yeah, but then she's she also her face darkens when someone mentions yes, Captain Marvel. Yes, it wouldn't be that. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, but I think that's got to be down to the fact that Carol wasn't there when her mother was dying. Yeah, it 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 makes sense. That makes sense. But then, how would she even know whether she was there when her mother was dying when she was blipped? So, well, she wasn't there during a realness, let's say. Yeah, perhaps that. Perhaps that. I mean, but yeah, it's not like anything else was going on in the universe yeah. at that point. In fact, she could well have been there, actually, while yeah. her mother it, was dying. It feels more like yeah, there's something, there's some kind of direct row over something, doesn't it? Mm. Like, they've had a falling out about something. Yeah, maybe like, you've given me all these powers and I'm trying to suppress <laughs> them from my bosses, yeah. because if they find out I'm a superhero, they're going to lock me up, according to Section 36B of the Sokovia Accords. Thank you, Jimmy Woo, for bringing those back this yeah. week. We were wondering about them. Can I just say yeah. that uh, director Tyler Hayward, apart from being a dick terrorist, uh, it annoys me that he refers to Agent Wu really dismissively as, thanks, Jimmy. It's like, don't call him Jimmy. Have some fucking respect. Bellend. All right, Jimbo. I, I, I prefer that to people in US TV shows who, who address people just as agent. Agent yeah, on its weird, own, I think yeah. it, it, it is like nails down a blackboard to me. It really annoys me. <laughs> thanks, agent. Yeah. Thanks, thanks, agent. It's basically, Ooh. thanks, person whose name I should know I just, but don't. Um, yeah, I just yeah. hate it. I like the fact that when they have that in that exact same scene, when they're talking about, so she's just Wanda, she doesn't have any funny nickname or anything, obviously a little, yes. little bit of in jokery, but it made me realise for the first time that at no point in the MCU have they ever referred to her as Scarlet Witch. No. This is just a thing that we do, or that yeah. people do generally from the comics, but that's not who mm -hmm. she is, is it? Yeah. I, I like the way that this week um, they've started using the phrase hex, yes, referring yeah. to the hexagonal <laughs> shape. It's like they found a way of bringing in uh, the hex powers. That's that's very clever, very organic, and it mm. might might be leading to the moniker or Monica uh, hey. Scarlet Witch down the line. Can I just say as well, my favourite shot in the entire episode was that shot of Jimmy Woo marching purposefully towards the compound and then it cuts to a, a it cuts to the other shot in front of him and he's just carrying a whole bunch of coffees with a big smile on his face because he's the nicest guy alive <laughs> he's amazing isn't he i love it you think he's he's a man of purpose he's gonna sort this shit out no he's just been on the coffee run <laughs> look if you're working on that anomaly you'd need a shitload of coffee to work out what was going on and, and darcy was really parched last week so i'm That's glad true. she's finally getting <laughs> served true. this week as it were <laughs> we have mentioned, of course, the mighty Thanos, but he does get name checked in this oh, episode, which was nice. Why? But, but no, but genuinely, it's not, when they say, you know, she could have taken out Thanos on her own if he hadn't called in a blitz, which is kind of true. Like at that point when she fights him, he is pre-stoned, like he doesn't have any of the stones, <laughs> <laughs> so he's vulnerable at that point. And let's be honest, she could have fucked him up. And when they say, oh, no one else came close, well, Captain Marvel did. Bear in mind that when she fought him, he was, you know, stoned up. So. Mm. Mm -hmm. That's a good point, yep. Fascinating use of words. I'm fascinated <laughs> to know how they know the beats of the battle and who provided the entire Alan, chronicle. It's been out on Blu-ray for like years. What are you talking about? 
I, someone sent a question in about that going, you know, do they have a Disney Plus subscription? I, I wrote back going, I would say that the beats of the battle that saved the entire universe are yeah, pretty well known to people by now. Yeah. What happened was Luis went around and asked yeah. every single Avenger <laughs> yes, what part okay. they played. And then he reeled it all off as one long monologue. Head cannon accepted. I would give anything to see that. What if Louise is the aerospace engineer? Oh. He wasn't blipped. He's had five years to study. No, okay. Yeah. <laughs> just, if it's Sonny no. Birch, I'm quitting this show. At least, at least Ant Man was an engineer. He wasn't aerospace, but at least he's in engineering. But no, I refuse. This is this is true. This is <laughs> this is true. Oh my god, there's so much to talk about with this episode. It is absolutely wild. They send in that drone at one point. The drone in, and the drone is yeah. made of '80s tech. Like that's how it gets yeah. in. That's how, it didn't look '80s to me, but that's neither here nor there. No. I will say the joystick that they used to control that. That uh, that drone I have on my desk. I literally have that exact same joystick. So you know that's a nerb. Yeah, <laughs> nerb. What a nerb. What a nerb. This guy's a fucking nerb. Um, thanks for explaining that to me, Jimbo. I genuinely didn't understand why the drone <laughs> no, hadn't changed. Yes, no, that's why it was made of eight. So presumably made out of ZX Spectrums and Commodore sixty four parts, mm. yes. which we see a Commodore sixty four in this, and it gets on the internet, which I think you find it seems very unlikely in the eighties, but sure. Yes, and we've had complaints that the the term internet sh- shouldn't have been used, and uh, yeah. I, I don't care. Um, also, <laughs> here's the thing. I mean, this is a created reality by a person's conscious, subconscious, we're still debating it, in 2020-something. So 23. 23, yes. So, like, we don't have to be accurate in all details because, Uh, you know, does she know which year Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was first broadcast? She might, it was 1984. I checked. Um, So Kaya Bungadoo (laughs) is fine, but does she know the exact origins of the internet? No, because she's at least Gen X, if not Gen Z. That's true. And yet clearly has spent a lot of time watching Family Ties, Growing Pains, Roseanne, exactly. Full House. Oh, yeah. here's, a, here's a fact for you. Speaking of Growing Pains, mm-hmm. which influences this episode, Growing Pains mm. had a spin-off show called Just the Ten of Us, which starred Matt Shackman. <gasps> it's all connected, people. It's wow. all connected. And of course, references also to Full House, which starred two Mary-Kate and, and Ashley Olsons. Yes, and in fact, I believe a very a young, very maybe baby. even a baby, yeah. Elizabeth Olsen, Elizabeth Olsen. Uh, made a, a brief cameo in it. Yeah, interesting. So when was the internet actually called the internet? Because I'm reading here in mid-1989, MCI Mail and CompuServe established connections to the internet. So the internet mm. was knocking around. It existed, around. but it wasn't yeah. like a term in general use until the 90s, apparently. But it would be a computational services incorporated. That's true computational services and uh, but I love I love that in this 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 show about a woman who can manipulate reality with just her mind and her dead android lover who um, can fly sorry synthesoid lover who could fly and grow his own dick and all that sort of stuff and people being brought back to life either from multiverses or you know just from from the dead the thing that might take someone out of the show is the fact that they are using a Commodore 64 to access the internet we can nope, only sus- suspend disbelief so far <laughs> <laughs> I had a Commodore 64. The games came on literal cassette tapes. Yes. If you don't know what a cassette tape is, kids, ask your <laughs> granny. Uh, they they took literally hours to load a single page. Uh, so, yes, it's hard to imagine that it wouldn't take quite a long time to answer an email. I was a Spectrum boy rather than a Commodore one. Sorry. I was a Spectrum yes. boy. Yes, Spectrum for the win. 
But yes, didn't indeed. you have everything, James? I thought you had all the systems. No, no, at no. One point I, I had a, a, I, well, I had a Commodore VIC twenty before I had the ZX Spectrum forty eight K, but I never had a sixty four. <laughs> <laughs> hey, check out this goddamn nerve. <laughs> My knowledge of 80s American sitcoms is not great. And Jimbo, I don't even know why I'm asking you this, but I did, because it's Full House, Growing Pains, mm. Family Ties. Mm. These are the shows that maybe popped into my head. But I wonder if there's something more specific that that we, who aren't scholars of this subject, perhaps missed. Or not. <laughs> but uh, I did like the dead silence that uh, resulted from that. I did like the theme tune again this weekend, mm. which had some wonderfully on-the-nose lyrics. So clever. You wander the world with a vision. Aww. You wander the world with a vision. You wander, wander. the world. You ah. wander. I, Wendy, I wander. That is the cleverest lyric since that one in, in the Stardust song that Take That did, where they get the name Evane into the, into the lyrics. <gasps> See, Gary Barlow's a genius, isn't he? he is, I mean, for a Tory, he, he's really smart. Is he's a rock. Oh, yeah, what, what a guy. Jill's, cr- you know, it's brilliant. Yeah. Super good. Uh, with a vision of what life could be, but then the years come and teach you to just wait and see. Forces may try to pull us apart, but nothing can phase me. Phase. Uh. Vision phases if you're in my heart. Crossing our fingers, singing a song. We're making it up as we go along. <gasps> Foreshadowing. Yeah. The revelation. Wanda. Is she's just and she's just and yes in this whole world, isn't she? She's just you know so many plates <laughs> spinning constantly. Uh, but I wondered if this was I wondered if this was a it's an eighty sitcom. It's a parody of an eighty sitcom. It's about a beleaguered housewife who's got all these plates spinning and she's got kids to look after and you know her husband's off at work and she's just a bit overwhelmed with it all, but on a massive massive scale. And I think that's what the lines at the end were about with Wanda going. Oh, yeah. You know, do you think I'm controlling everyone in this town that I have to get everyone dressed and going to work and dentist appointments? And I think that line is there because, yes, that's exactly what she's been doing. And there's that other line as well from earlier in the episode where they go, if everything in this town is real and if all these people are real, then she's expending energy on a level that, you know, hitherto unknown. Did you just say hitherto unknown? And if so, where is... Where has this upgrade come from? Is is has someone else like kind of given her a, a a power up kind of kind of thing? What's happening with with that? Well, okay, two possibilities. Yes, somebody else is helping or affecting this in some way and boosting her power through that. Second possibility: Infinity Stones, man. And then shrug emoji. That's my argument. Um, Infinity Stone shrug emoji. Um, because they, they do seem to be fluid. Like Wanda's powers should not have come from the Mind Stone. They should have come from the Reality Stone, logically speaking, down to their color. So the Infinity Stones seem to be linked and they do seem to be in a strange way infinite. If they are primal, if they are part of the building blocks of reality, then presumably Thanos did not in fact actually destroy them or didn't destroy their essence. And therefore, maybe they're all linked. Because otherwise, it also doesn't make any sense that a fraction of an infinity stone could transform Captain Marvel into someone who is able to at least temporarily resist all of the infinity stones. Like Just mathematically, that shouldn't work unless they are 
not necessarily the sum of their parts. Mm. But then Wanda's powers, you're right, colour-wise, they were always reality stone. But certainly when they began, they were mind stone. Because it was all about True. telepathy and manipulation of perception, wasn't it? It's only mm. that her yeah. manipulation of reality is a new wrinkle. In terms of the power it would take to manipulate that much reality, it's interesting what Monica then discovers, that she's using the material that's already there. So this isn't a kind of you know, alchemical lead into gold process, which would involve way too mm-hmm. much energy to to do anything with. It's it's more manipulating what sort what already exists and trans sh- changing its form rather than changing its material. But as they point out as well, as we pointed out, Billy and Tommy are brand new and they do seem to exist and they do seem to be real. Yeah, are they Billy real? and Tommy are weird. I don't know yet. I, I feel like the aging up is almost a joke on sitcoms, which often yes. they really hated having baby characters. Remember yep. Friends? My God. Um, so I feel like that's kind of an in-gag, in at least partly, but also the aging up reflects their insane origins. And it does call into question how real they can be. And if you were going to go really mean, and if somebody really were trying to get... Wanda to use her powers to bring somebody back from the dead, those kids would be in danger. Because those kids might not be entirely real, but they might be a way of somebody manipulating Wanda to do that. I wonder if someone's trying to antichrist the whole thing and is maybe trying to grow their own Wanda and Quicksilver, but one that they can really control through Billy and Tommy, who, as we know, become Wicked and Speed Mm. in the comics. They may not become Wicked and Speed in this. They may become, you know, flat my main note about the kids is <laughs> that in the opening credit sequence, when you see the kids with vision faces, it was the most horrifying oh, thing I've ever well, seen. Isn't the kids? That's that's young Bettany, isn't it? They've they've visioned young Bettany's kid child pictures. Yeah, that's is young that vision. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, you crazy. see young young Elizabeth Olsen pictures, then you see young Paul Bettany, and they visioned right. up young Bettany. <laughs> That was I hilarious. Thought, I, I thought that. that was the kids. No, no, it's, it's young. It's young Fizz. I, w- I want that. I want that filter on my Instagram. I want to do that. <laughs> the vision filter. Yeah, baby vision. Uh, that'd be awesome. Uh, there's so much to talk about. We haven't even taken readers' questions yet. Listeners' questions. Listeners' questions. Chris, it's a podcast for your ears. <laughs> you idiot. There's so much to talk about. I I love how British Vision has been in Mm. this entire run. Uh, He said Legget a couple of episodes ago, and now he said I was about to get my leg over in in this episode, which which means we're only we're surely only a a few weeks away from carry on up the MCU. (laughs) And it was good to see Horny Vision was back. (laughs) We had an absence of Horny Vision since uh, episode two, but he was back with a vengeance. And you know it's true love because she didn't reject him even with that hair. So God bless her. It, it really is devoted. But in the 80s, all men had that hair. So, you know. That is not true. Some of them had mullets. Oh, my God. Not better. Speaking of um, different modes of vision, I thought it was really interesting at the end of the episode that we got angry vision. That was quite... Mm. I thought Bethany yeah. absolutely killed it in that scene. I thought he was amazing. And yeah. to see... The yeah, to see him go to that place, to see Vision go to that place, see him having this existential quandary of like, I think I'm dead and I don't know if I'm real and I don't remember my life mm. and what's going on, and seeing him really like freaking out about it because that character is so placid all the mm. time. His whole thing is that he's basically a robot god and everything he's like, whatever, I'll just use my, f- I don't know, zap things and like fly around and phase through stuff and everything's going to be fine and I'm calm. And in that moment, he was not okay. 
yeah, yeah. It's, it gets you it gives you an impression of him being a victim here as well which i think is kind of important to have like he's he's also lost and also doesn't know what's happening and is terrified by that and that's not something we've seen from him before because mm. so we really talked like about that. that before didn't we we talked about whether it was fission or whether mm. it was a manifestation of, of of fission and now it does seem to be that she has mm. somehow whether tipped off controlled by someone whatever she somehow found out that fission's corpse isn't with the avengers as it should have been but it's with sword so let's try and work out the timeline Nine days, so it was nine days ago, and we know this is about three weeks after everyone blips, blips back into existence. Mm -hmm. So there's about a week, two weeks between the end of Avengers Endgame, but then there's time to prepare for Tony's funeral. You can order cheeseburgers. You can't order that many cheeseburgers and just have them, you know, magically appear. Unless you have someone who can manipulate reality. Anyway, but let's say there's a week between Tony's funeral and that conversation with Hawkeye by the lake. And then a week between that and her going nutso in S.W.O.R.D. headquarters, nicking Vision's corpse and fucking off somewhere, doing something with it for nine days, somehow getting it to work to the point where she can bring it back to life. Then either she or someone else provokes her into taking over Westview, manipulating everyone's sense of reality, including, of course, Vision, who says that I have no... Memory. He doesn't remember his mm. life before Westview and he's scared. So Ben, I don't think he even knows he's dead. I don't think he has any recollection yeah. of that. He has no mm-hmm. recollection of Thanos. He has no recolle- recollection of any of that stuff. But I wonder if this is, this elaborate ruse, this elaborate charade is, is in part to keep Vision from knowing the truth about what's going on. But because oh, he's totally so goddamn is. smart, he's yeah. now figuring it out. It totally, uh, that's absolutely part of what's going on. She wants Vision back. She wants him they, he, she wants the happiness that they never really had apart from stolen moments. That's definitely part of what she's getting out of all this. It's a really good point about the three weeks thing because if if we're going, well, if I'm going with my theory that somebody is grieving and somebody wants somebody brought back from the dead, that kind of fits with this timeline that you know somebody is snapped back into existence discovers that their loved one has died in the meantime or died as a result of snapping back for all we know maybe she you know crashed into him or something i don't know um <laughs> then you know then there's a there's a reason for somebody to act at this point or pretty near it mm. I wonder if we'll if we'll see some of this time period. I wonder if we'll see some of this time period. I imagine that maybe towards the end of the series, when the bigger picture, when the when, for lack of a better word, the end game of this show is mm. becoming clearer, that having had that episode that showed us everything we've seen so far from the sword perspective, from uh, Monica's perspective, that we might get to see what happened in the week or or whatever yeah. running up to yeah. Um, yeah. the whole Westview incident. I think we might, yeah. I think we, yeah, I think we absolutely will, um, because we need to know exactly what's happened here. What has provoked wanted to do this? What or who has provoked wanted to do this? Is it Mephisto? Is it Agnes posing as Agatha Harkness or Agatha Harkness posing as Agnes? Sorry, is it Nightmare who was who's been mooted as the bad guy in this? Mm. We believe he may be the bad guy. Uh, he's a, a incredibly powerful entity that basically creeps into your dreams and, and fucks around with shit. Uh, and that's, that's essentially yes, I remember it. him from Rise of the Guardians. Yes, it's that guy. It's Kruger, basically. It's, um, <laughs> he's a very ye oldie Doctor Strange adversary, and we think he's going to be the bad guy in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. 
I still think that Wanda is going to be antagonistic and that a problem to be dealt with, but I don't think she's going to be the bad guy per se. Might be completely wrong in that. She might be, you know, it might be chumming up. They might be partners. Mm. Who knows? But uh, there's been some speculation that Nightmare may be responsible for this in a way. But Wanda, we haven't, I can't believe I've even talked about this. Wanda emerges from the dome to confront Sword. And that's really interesting. I mean, mm. there's a big theme running through the show is that Wanda Maximoff mm. is incredibly powerful and very, very scary uh, when you're confronting her. And this scene really, really, really conveys that. But it also seems to be her acting under her own agency. What's going on? I had real Ringu vibes from that when she comes out of that screen. <laughs> like, it was probably scary. That scene really shit me up. The way that she's walking and dragging that drone mm. and the, yeah. the whole vibe of her that is just full on, fuck off and leave me alone, <laughs> yeah. was like, oh shit, I'm sorry, Wanda, we'll leave you alone now forever. Yeah, I thought that was an incredible moment. I Because I didn't expect the show to go there. I did not expect, let alone in this episode, that we would see Vo- Wanda, even for a second, voluntarily leave mm. this little bubble that she's in. And I think for me, I... I do understand a lot of where you're coming from in terms of like, oh, well, there must be another force here. To me, as somebody who doesn't know a lot of the sort of comics backgrounds of other characters that may be at play, it makes me wonder how much it actually is just her. I think it's de- definitely partly her, but I think I think that scene makes total sense. Even if even if somebody else has manipulated her into this, has kind of pushed her down this path, is to some degree controlling her. Probably not total degree, but to some is at least exercising an influence. This still makes sense for her as a character. Someone has literally launched a rocket at her and her children. Mm. Um, it makes sense that she would take action, and and you can tell that she's upset because the Sokovian accent comes out, mm. which it did when she mm-hmm. faced Thanos as well, and it doesn't otherwise in the last few films. So she, when she's really stressed, her her natural accent reasserts itself, and I think that's what's happening in that scene. Mm-hmm. Love the return of the uh, Sokovian accent. Mm. That was great. Lovely little touch. So Agnes, we, I know we talked about her briefly, but mm. what is the deal with her? Because if she is the puppet master, she doesn't seem to be giving off those vibes at the moment. Although we didn't see what happened with Sparky. No. So she could have been killing Sparky. She could have killed Sparky. That That's entirely possible. Um, but she seems to be terrified of Wanda, as indeed everyone does. The mailman goes ma'am in a very respectful, don't kill me kind of mm-hmm. way. And the scene with Norm as well. Yeah. Uh, haven't even talked about that. Yeah. So Agnes and Norm. I mean, Agnes, that scene early on when she's like, "Oh, do you want? Should we? Should we? Shall I redo those lines?" I thought that yeah. was yeah. amazing, mm-hmm. especially because we've seen obviously instances in previous episodes of this reality sort of breaking and her being in control and rewinding, but we haven't seen anybody defer to her control yet, to Wonder's control, to be like, "You're the showrunner here. Like, what do you want me to do?" And I think even just showing her being sort of scared and submissive to wonder in that moment spoke a lot i actually as it stands at the moment don't think that she's a baddie i don't think that agnes is a baddie um and i think that scene was really interesting even in just the power dynamics between them um i do agree there's some weirdness about sparky though that she just suddenly has dead sparky um also just obviously not over dead sparky i was very very excited when they introduced a very cute dog in the sink covered in soap suds and then you kill him in the same episode what the fuck 
Uh, so I, I feel like there's there's something that we haven't fully worked out there. But yeah, that's that scene early on where, um, and I like that these breaks are becoming part of the substance of the show itself. Because uh, then you have Vision pulling Wonder aside and saying like, what's going on? Did you see that? Are we that all of these little breaks are now becoming part of the fabric of the show rather than things that Wanda herself is just sort of rewinding or saying no and 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 like that in previous episodes. I, th- I I do agree that she is not I'm not definitely saying she's she's the baddie. I I still still suspect her, but I don't I think she could mm. very very easily be a red herring. But what I do think is she is as you say, more aware of what's going on maybe than some other people. Because uh, we saw that last week as well with her sort of warning that Geraldine doesn't have a home. Um, she's clearly more aware of her surroundings than most people. And that makes me think that she might at least be a henchwoman, if not the big bad, because she does seem to be, she's always up in their business for one. And secondly, she's, she's much more aware that something is amiss um, at the very least. Yeah, but they released a little trailer last week, didn't they, after episode four, in which mm. they, um, they took that line where she goes, should we take it from the top mm. out of context? And it made it look as if she was suddenly the director of the show. So I think there's a lot of misdirection in terms of trying to make her look like the baddie. I'm, sure, I'm, yeah. yeah. Hence, I say she might still be a red herring. Yeah, But absolutely. that might itself be a red herring and she might actually be the baddie. I mean... Oh my God, she might be the red skull. I'm still <gasps> trying to figure out who this fucking aerospace engineer is going to be. I, I can't... I can't see Reed Richards. I just... Well, you know, I don't know if he actually turns up. You know, she just may have called him for advice. Is Rocket Raccoon technically an engineer? <laughs> Surely he'd be more a weapons designer, if anything. He's always making bombs. I don't know. He fixes the ship, doesn't he? So he's definitely he's definitely got engineering guess, jobs. Technically, but yeah. yeah. I don't see Rocket turning up in this. Much to my <laughs> eternal disappointment. That that would be the only way the show could get crazier if they're just like, <laughs> by the way, Rocket Raccoon's here now. <laughs> I mean, would Talos be uh, an aerospace engineer? Technically, maybe she knows him. I don't think he I'm trying is. to think of people that Monica knows and has met in the world, and she's only been in one film as a kid, so... <laughs> does rather know. limit the... Well, but, yeah, but she may have met people since she was a kid. It's probably this guy, Barry, that she went to university with, and that's all it is. Yeah. You know, Barry. Good dude. Barry the engineer. Oh, Barry! Barry, do love a bit of Barry. Uh, let's take some questions. Our old pal, at Curator John, asks, do you think WandaVision has lost its quirky weirdness and much of its mystery? Um, I would imagine the fact we've just spent the last hour <laughs> arguing about this episode and basically going, huh? What's happening? And it, uh, Why is it happening? And who is it happening to yeah, would indicate absolutely no. Not. Uh, it's, abso- it, it's adding mystery, if anything. I will, say, I will say right now, this is incredible television. And I said at the very beginning of this show that I think this is a show that I will love, but I wasn't there yet. And I started to get there with episode four, but this, to me, is the best episode yet. And this, I think, I, I mean, they could fuck it up, but I doubt it, before we get to the end. But this is so audacious and so bold and so original and groundbreaking. I think this is fucking unbelievable. Uh, I really do. And so I'm 100% on board at this point. And I now love that we are blending the real and the fantasy because the fantasy on its own wasn't doing it for me, but this very much is. I really hope they don't fuck it up. I'm sure they won't. Nah, but it'll be fine. Um, yeah. But think about, you know, mystery box shows to really succeed at some point have to reveal a mystery. Yes. And this is a limited mm. series. So it's going to. Yeah. Yeah, Otherwise, they going become to. lost uh, you yes. know, uh, in their own mythos, I mean, of course. Uh, of yes. course, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, you, and you wouldn't want anything to become lost, would you? 
No, exactly. In its own mythos. Yes. In its own mythos. Yes. <laughs> and also the TV show Lost. <laughs> rest of it's great. Final season sucks. Rest of it, awesome. But yeah, also now Wanda is very much in control of the anomaly. Was she putting on her confusion at the start? I think she was. Although she says she doesn't know how they got here. She doesn't know how it began. She mm. doesn't, you know, there's so many questions. Why a TV show? Who's responsible? Who told Wanda where Vision's corpse was? You might wonder... Who's the boss, in fact? <laughs> oh. oh, my God. I'm Who so has sorry. the upper hand, which is the British remake of Who's <laughs> the Boss? Who are her friends? Oh. <laughs> next week. Next week, Ben. This week, they were a very modern family, Chris. Hey. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm tr- there's some kind of joke about, about Vision Frasier, fra- like phrasing Frasier. I don't know. I can't make Fazier. it. Fazier. 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 Yeah. yeah. Okay. We'll work All on right. it. We'll workshop it. Okay. That's mm. it. I'm out of this mm. podcast. Okay. Taxi. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Sub shits creek with that. No, that's not. That's not. Let's never do this again. Shall we? Uh, anyway, yeah, but someone has told her. Like, Wanda didn't just find out. She didn't just wander into sword on the off chance that Vision and his detachable penis might be there. <laughs> she she knows that he is there. Mm. Someone or something has told her that yeah. it's there. So I think that's what we're going to find out. And what was Sword doing with Vision? Why had they like dismembered him? It, like, yeah, that was they pulled gross. him apart. It was, it was that was kind of intense. Well, mm. I, you don't want this to happen again. You don't want Sword to turn out to be the baddies, right? But what's up with that? <laughs> you know, you don't want to do. You don't want another Shield infiltrated by Hydra type of type thing, but. Because it is, like, as Hayward does that whole thing about, you know, oh, it was his living will, will, he didn't wish to be used as a weapon. It's like, well, then why are you taking him apart to find out well, how he works? Indeed, indeed. And also, where was this living will? And who had the presence of mind to create one of those? Also, it's not a living will because he was dead. Yeah, it's just a true. will. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to get all legal on him. But... Also, he just seems like a prick. So I, I I think he's I think he is a rogue dude. Hang on, Hayward. unless it is a living will situation, and they don't think he's entirely a hundred percent dead. But I mean, they've oh. taken his head and his arms and legs off. That kind Perhaps, of helped. But he could be only mostly dead. Mostly dead. Yes, he's a synthesoid. They could have Arnim Zola'd him. He's just a face on a screen. Yeah. Yeah. Although you'd think in that case, like he would have stayed in Wakanda. <laughs> He's just a head on a stick and a dick in a box. That's basically what he is. <laughs> and that's good enough for Wanda. Yes. Oh, Step God. one, cut a hole in a box. Oh my <laughs> God, why are we doing vision glory holes? This is very upsetting. And why is Helen in on it? You're supposed to rein us in. I was singing the song. It's a hit song, uh-huh. Dick in a Box. He's just a dick in a box. That's what vision is. Oh, so many images. Box. Please pass the mind bleach, Ben. <laughs> Are we going to do a kazoo rendition of Dick in a Box now? <laughs> Last night I was in Westview. Wanda was controlling my mind and then I chizzed in my pants. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> question from Scott at Scott M. What do you think is Monica's beef with Carol? Uh, has Monica encountered her in whatever astronaut capacity she had at sword? Or is she just pissed because Carol left when she was a little girl and didn't come back? Yes, possibly that. In fact, possibly either of those. She may have encountered her in her off-world adventures. Um, she may be pissed that Carol just didn't come back when she said she would. She may be pissed that she wasn't there through her mother's illness, at least the first time around that we know of. Uh, she's got a lot of potential beefs. We just don't know. Maybe she just really one. didn't like her endgame haircut. I mean, that, you know, it's fair. It's fair, you know. 
It was a radical <laughs> shift in look. <laughs> I think that Monica is pissed off because Captain Marvel has made millions from the costume design uh, in merchandise, Captain yeah, Marvel yeah, merchandise, sure. and mm. Monica is responsible for that colour scheme and costume design, and she hasn't seen a fucking dime. Outrageous. At Sid Lichtenstein asks, uh, whilst I love the idea of the multiverse, do you think it's possible that the Pietro we saw in this episode is Mephisto pretending to be Pietro in order to manipulate Wanda, and Marvel is using Evan Peters' multiverse expectations as a misdirect to make the audience think it's Peter from the X-Men films to keep us off Mephisto's scent? Well, presuming, of course, Mephisto is involved. Yeah, which but, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm hoping yeah. not. But as discussed, I do, I do think it's possible that it's a meta joke on us, but uh, that sounds involved. Yeah, it does. Yeah. I, I Yeah. But just imagine it is Peter from the X-Men films who's been suddenly plucked from this dimension. He's going to be confused at best, mm. I think. Here's an unrelated thing that we didn't discuss. When she goes back into the hex, she does something to the boundary. Uh, seems to sort of strengthen it in some fashion or yeah. make it very unwelcoming. So presumably people now can't go in. Well, maybe, but then we saw that trailer, which has trucks driving through it. So did we? maybe not. Didn't we in the trailer last week? I can't it remember. Looked like the, it's possible. The, there were certainly trucks driving straight towards it. Maybe it was the shot from this week, but I don't think that shot appeared here. Interesting. Interesting. Um, mm, yep. Mm. Sam Clements uh, of the 90 Minutes or Less Film Festival podcast asks the same thing about uh, what's what swords to Division's body. And what do you think? What do you vision questers think that director Hayward is hiding? Someone else sent in a question. Maybe I'll find her name in a second. Uh, saying that they've noticed that, you know, that he is director. He's director of sword. But people keep calling him a director a lot. And in a show about TV shows, is that Ooh, significant? Maybe. It could just be hiding the fact that he's an irredeemable bellend, but he's not doing a very good job of hiding it. So. <laughs> oh, maybe that is significant. That's a very good call. Wow. Um, mm. He does seem to jump straight from zero to the nuclear option. Yeah. Not quite nuclear, but certainly the explosive <laughs> option here. And the, that seems perhaps disproportionate. Um, and also, let's be honest, doomed to failure, because even on what he knows of Wanda's existing power level, you would have thought that he would realise that launching a rocket at her was unwise at the very best. You would think. Mm -hmm. Also, if this is a scheme from anybody, they have a real chaotic energy going on that three weeks after after everyone got snapped back, three weeks after yeah. Thanos dies, you're now causing like mega multiverse reality, I don't know, one division crazy magic shit like give it a month give people a bit of rest god damn it yeah yeah even glassbury goes fallow every now and again yeah i loved i loved hayward's uh, little briefing you know she was radicalized at hydra and jimmy interrupts going that's an oversimplification of offense but but yes i guess it is kind of true yeah he does seem to have gone very very quickly too that's burn her kill her mm. with fire kill the witch Burn the witch. I mean, but shooting at her, it's just like, there's something going on there because A, it was obviously doomed to failure, but also you don't kill an Avenger without, you know, yeah. discussing it with the Avengers or that's going to end badly for you. Yeah, seriously. It seems unwise on so many levels. Yes. Maybe he called Avengers Compound and nobody's in because, you know, most of them are dead or on holiday <laughs> because it's, you know, a much deserved holiday. Think of it as their preseason break. <laughs> At feeling listless, I have a theory of phase four is about welcoming all the old interpretations of Marvel characters into the MCU as part of the multiverse. 
rumours about Spider-Man 3, and those rumours haven't been solidified, but Tom Holland said this week that it's the most ambitious standalone superhero movie of all time. Mm. Did you did you see those quotes? I did. And then he went out to spoil the ending. <laughs> <laughs> I think the only thing with Spider-Man, I, I do totally understand that as a, as a potential compounding factor with this X-Men invocation this week. With Spider-Man, there is... There is precedent for that, obviously, with Spider-Verse. That is something that audiences are prepared for and attuned to. Mm. And it makes sense to me that that is still potentially something that could be just a Spider-Man thing, especially just a Sony thing, the way that deal is set up, that Sony wants its own Spider-Man properties and wants to do what it what they want with it. And Marvel gets to play with Spider-Man when they want to. That makes sense why there would be a sort of Spider-Verse setup at Sony, even if the rest of the MCU doesn't follow suit. I do think it would be kind of interesting, but like I said, I'm still worried about muddying the waters of of how good the MCU is. And like, mm. there's been a lot of other good superhero films, but I don't think there are that many other really tip-top superhero franchises that you go, yes, gladly bring all of this stuff into play. Yeah. As long as we get Jennifer Garner back as Electra, I'm happy. That's <laughs> that's the main thing. Like genuinely, you are actually Colin Farrell's bullseye. I'd be oh my god, Colin Farrell's bullseye. Yes, but although, uh, although, you know, I feel like they could find something bigger for him to do in the MCU. He's my breakfast, lunch, and dinner right there. <laughs> oh my god, you made me miss. Oh. <laughs> Quote from a sex tape. Um, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Uh, John D. Ruddy asks, do I have to watch Dark Phoenix now? No. No, no you don't. No, but no. it's not that bad, no, my friend. It is. It's not. It's, it's not. pretty bad. It's better no. than Apocalypse, okay. isn't it? Let's be honest. Uh, I, it's a five-star it? masterpiece next to Apocalypse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is it? Getting a punch in the face is better than Apocalypse. Yeah. Is it? <laughs> I don't know. Brad Fasalo asks, will uh, Hayward now call in some Avengers level backup? And I wonder if that is the next thing, because still they mm. haven't had that conversation of there's an Avenger in there and some freaky shit's going on. Maybe we should call the Avengers just to let them know, hey, have you lost a Wanda Maximoff? We found her and she's being really fucking weird. Come and pick her up, please. <laughs> Maybe they've got one of those really difficult to ma- master telephone systems, you know, with endless options of, you know, if you would like to speak to Hulk, press one. <laughs> if you would like to speak to, I mean... And they're just having real trouble getting through to the right person and they keep getting put on hold and it's just a nightmare. I mean, aside from knowing that Wanda's going to show up in Doctor Strange, this is why Doctor Strange makes sense. He seems to be the person with Mm -hmm. the power set who could potentially compete with Wanda, reach her in some way. Whereas, like we said last week, so many of the Avengers are like dead or Mm. gone or have a gammy arm now. I think it's really only Doctor Strange who would be a viable option to to kind of really deal with with Wanda or Captain Marvel. I've just thought of something. Yeah. Just by the very nature of the timeline with which we've been presented for the show, this takes place before Spider-Man Far From Home. Okay. Just saying it, just throw it out there because I was thinking I was thinking which Avengers are knocking around at this point. We discussed it briefly last week. So Hulk's knocking around at this point. Sam and Bucky are knocking around. But they might be off doing their own thing in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I don't know that quite the timeline of that show. Mm. Um, who else? Hawkeye. Hawkeye. No one's going to call him. Hey. I mean, he's not wrong. Look, he's not wrong. Look, teams with Hawkeye on have a 100% win rate. <laughs> teams without Hawkeye on do not. 
But one Hawkeye, you're not going to call that guy, even though he does have a connection to Wanda. He has oh, a connection to Wanda. Connection they, he's to had Wanda. those moments with her. He not has in a sexy not, way. Not in a sex way. No, absolutely not. Happily married man. Anyway, uh, do you think Hawkeye has an app? It's not. It's not. It's not a, a major <laughs> question. You don't have to answer it right now. But I don't think that. I, I, I guess a giant dome of energy that's manipulated from within by a woman who appears to have powers almost beyond limit. He has a bow and arrow. I don't think they're going to call him. They're going to call the man who can wave his hands and make the orange circles appear. Yeah. No, but if they aren't calling for any reason, if Hayward is untrustworthy and a baddie and he's stopping them from calling the Avengers, Hawkeye is the kind of person who might still turn up. Okay, yep, I'm, I'm going to go with that. Uh, but here's another wrinkle. Doctor Strange technically isn't an Avenger. He is oh, a, a lone wolf. But then so it's a common Avengers is, compound. You know, yeah. But who's yeah. that Avengers compound? Nobody. Like Pepper, maybe. I guess she she probably has everybody's it numbers. Seems though. Like she seems Falcon's organized. the only one who hangs out there anyway, right? Like when Ant Man turns up there, he's there, the surely, only one he? in. So yeah, <laughs> that is true. <laughs> it's just Ant Man and Hulk eating burritos <laughs> and tacos. <laughs> tacos. <laughs> well, I see that as an absolute win, uh, but I still think it's going to be Doctor Strange, and that yeah, I might explain it because is he even listed? Can I tell you what, guys, if you go to 177 Bleecker Street in New York, it uh, does not look like Doctor Strange's brownstone in the movies. It looks like some sort of deli. Well, of course it looks that way, Chris. <laughs> Precisely. Duh. It's, so it's an illusion. So therefore, is he even listed a Doctor S. Strange in the full book? Well, we know that S.H.I.E.L.D. used to have his number at the very least. So, Although that was obviously pre his transcendence. Oh, because they were tracking him. Because they were tracking him in The Winter Soldier. But that was Hydra. Well, Hydra Shield, at that point, there was no difference. And they weren't tracking him because they were aware of his magic, because he didn't have magic Actually, no, at that was, point. They it were was tracking Shield him. databases. They were being yeah. manipulated Why by were they Hydra. Tracking but it was him what, because he was a particularly kick ass surgeon. Yeah, well, this is one of the timeline <laughs> issues that we just don't talk about because it upsets me and Chris too much. Please. But you know what? No. This guy's a dick. Let's kill him. That would, yeah, <laughs> yes. that, maybe, maybe that was literally as far as it went. Yeah, perhaps Sitwell just didn't like goatee beards. <laughs> Because Project Insight also targets Tony Stark. So anyone with a goatee is just fucking... Wow. Yeah, that's it. They've had it. it. They've absolutely had it. Uh, Darth Sermentis, who's the popsicle? Can Pietro see Vision as the corpse that he is? Mm. Interesting. Well, that had not crossed my mind. Hadn't crossed my... I mean, he he does have a red shiny head. Yeah, that's no, true. No, please stop. Don't even <laughs> stop it, Chris. Don't yes. even stop thinking what you're thinking. But he does it's impossible. have a, uh, a robotic face that might look like a strawberry popsicle. Black current, I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> we can f- find about flavours. <laughs> yes. He's kind of like one of those fruit pastel ones that has loads of colours. Possibly uh-huh. cherry. Together. Okay. Push. So we're just going to have to lick Vision at a later date and find out what he tastes of. I wouldn't lick a Vision if he was glazed in honey. <laughs> <laughs> Focal Nick says, I hope you're feeling at least moderately smug about the Pietro recasting. Uh, listen. Chris, moderately smug. <laughs> Sorry, I stopped listening after moderately smug. She did the same to me. Um, uh, yes, I am massively, massively, massively fucking smug. I will give a shout out to Fick Digital at Fick Digital, who was the person who says that the show keeps making it a point to call Hayward director, and that can't be a coincidence. Therefore, Hayward is Mephisto and needs to get into the hex. He wasn't expected to wanted to do the hex, and it messed up his plans. Mm. It's not impossible. Sorry, run that by me again. Fick Digital thinks that Hayward is Mephisto, and Mephisto Wanda has triggered 
the the hex, the dome around the town. He can't get into it for reasons. And because of the fact that Monica was blipped, therefore she just has to take it on face value that this is Director Hayward, right? Might not be. Well, she, but she knew him from before. Yeah, she knew him from before, but yeah, it but she doesn't, doesn't mean know that, that he's still now. Okay, no, that's t- entirely possible. I, I genuinely do think that if Hayward is a bad guy, he will be a cover for somebody else. Um, I don't know if it's Mephisto or something or someone beyond that, but I think that is entirely possible. But I don't think it's about him trying to get into the town. I think it's about him playing both sides in that case. <sighs> Blimey. Blimey, O'Reilly. And the last one from at Simon Watts 87 uh, He says, in the last episode when Vision asked Wanda where Geraldine had gone, she said... Oh, she left, honey. She had to rush home. But mm-hmm. in the recap, she says she's gone. She doesn't belong here. Did anyone else pick that up? Or oh, do I need to go back I and rewatch noticed. last week's episode? Uh, if memory serves, and I could be wrong, like she says she had to go home when we see it happen from her point of view. But when we see it happen in We Interrupt This you know, program, then I, I believe you see that line. I could be wrong, but I, it seemed familiar to me. I've gone back and I've double checked. I have double checked. She left, honey. She had to rush home. And yeah, I wonder if that in itself is a little meta, a little meta gag about TV shows and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, I even somehow Wanda is even manipulating the recaps. Maybe, or maybe they just used an alternate take and hoped that no one would notice. <laughs> but they didn't reckon on the eagle eye and the eagle ears of Simon Watts 87. And I think on that note, that is it for the latest epic WandaVision spoiler special hope you guys have enjoyed four very confused people trying to make sense of this show <laughs> four episodes to go i don't know where the hell is going to go how is pietro going to fit in now is he pietro is he peter is this the door open to the x-men who is agnes is sparky dead what the hell is going on predictions for next week real quick helen um i think there's going to be danger to the kids although maybe not next week. I think that might be coming ahead. I think we're going to learn a little bit more about what the fuck is going on next week. That's my big prediction. You're welcome. My prediction is that Vision is going to start doing a bit of low-key detective work, kind of No, he's doing detective work in the... Yeah, I think now that he is much more conscious that something is up, he's going to be trying to do a bit more mm. digging away from Wonder where he can. So that is my prediction for next mm. week. Jimbo? I think Barry's going to turn up and do some A-grade engineering. <laughs> I hope that the aerospace engineer is Barry. I think we will see this aerospace engineer. I'm fascinated to see who it is. Um but we'll find out in due course. I hope Four it's literally Barry from the TV show Barry. That would be fantastic. That would be great because <laughs> he's a he's a hitman. He could take some. He could take care of some people. I would also accept Barry from EastEnders. <laughs> yes, or Barry from Resident Evil. Any of those <laughs> Barry is the worst Resident Evil character. <laughs> or Barry's the amusement park in Portrush. Yes, that's what it is. It's the it, the sentient amusement park. <laughs> Regular listeners of the podcast will know what that noise usually means. That's the breaking news klaxon. That we bought at great expense. But in terms of the One Division spoiler specials, folks, it's been repurposed. It's been reconfigured, if you will. It has entered the dome of Westview and become something else. It's basically the Monday morning addendum noise. Hooray! Because as I was editing the podcast over the weekend, I noticed there were a couple of points we didn't really 
<laughs> strange as it may seem, even though we spent like an hour on it, delve into in great detail. There were some things we didn't talk about at all. So what I've done is I have sent out a message to the, the Council of the Elders. They have returned Helen O'Hara, James Hello. Dyer. Hello. And Ben Travis, who, along with me, is the only one who's bothered with a funny name for Squadcast. Ben, thank you very much indeed. I was yes. trying to help your editing. Sparky rides to, again. Yeah, I was trying to just, like, speed things up, you know? Because I thought you were just going to drop this in seamlessly and not mm. let on that we'd reconvene. I thought you would just no, drop no, the no, shit no, in. No, 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 no. Because I'm also, I'm, in this, I will be reacting to a text that was sent after we recorded the last podcast. Okay. Ah. I see. see. So, you know, you know, I've got to be transparent with the folks at home. Got to be transparent. Anyway, so what I wanted to talk about, just very quickly, or quicksilverly, uh, is a couple of things that I, th- I thought we didn't really cover in great detail. Uh, one of them, astonishingly, was Quicksilver. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> I think we talked about Quicksilver. You think that, but as I was listening to the podcast and shouting at us going, why did you talk about that? Uh, anyway, one text, one tweet that I had uh, from a, a reader whose name I have uh, forgotten and can't find, uh, so apologies for that, said that, because we were talking about why it might be Peter, right? Why it might be Peter from the X-Men movies and not Pietro from Age of Ultron, who is at sure. the door at the end of the episode, which has already been memed to within an inch of its life, by the way. I don't know if you saw that over the weekend. Very, very funny. Lots of shots of Wanda opening the door, looking shocked, and then you would insert a picture yes. of something here. So that I, was I like good. the one of the uh, Buffy Scooby gang, that classic Buffy Scooby gang <laughs> shot of them all at the door screaming. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. So this guy, apologies once again, um, he said his, girlf- his girlfriend, whilst they were watching that, had surmised the reason that it's Peter is because it's set in the 1980s. And so that Wanda or whomever is behind this has scanned the world for, you know, has reconfigured Peter into a 1980s Peter. And because Pietro, as played by Aaron Taylor Johnson, wasn't even born in 1989, they have found a Peter who did exist in the 1980s. Because as we all know, he's 17 going on 70 in those movies. And he did exist in 1983. So that they brought him forward into this dimension. What do you think about no, that? Absolutely not. Good. Excellent. No, I'm so I'm, glad I'm I got you guys together. Because it's not really 1980 whatever. <laughs> Precisely. So that doesn't, yeah, so that doesn't make any sense. Like if you were exploring the multiverse, that's not, you wouldn't be exploring 1983. It's not time specific, exploring, right? Yeah, exactly. It doesn't, no, yeah. absolutely not. But yeah. I thought it was a good theory, so I thought I'd run it past it's you guys because I still, I still don't know why it's Peter. I still... I still haven't got a handle on that. And listening back to it, neither did we. So over the weekend... <laughs> but, we had- but we're not supposed to. We're supposed to have theories. And we had yeah. theories. It's yeah, fine. but here's the thing I want to do. I want to throw out all the theories. I want to have a multiverse of theories because then we can't be wrong. What? Because then we're in the multiverse of madness, are we? <laughs> Literally. I mean, you were on the text chain last night, Helen. Uh, about I think half I thought 11. that was all sensible. I thought that was all totally sensible. That was totally sensible discussion about whether or not Wanda's twins are actually hers. All right, here's here's my theory then. Here's my theory. My theory is that when Hulk snapped everyone back into existence, he fucked it up and he accidentally pulled people in from another reality and snapped uh and and snapped Evan Peters in. There you go. That's I mean, the theory for you. Why? But sure. Okay, fine. <laughs> I don't understand why that would be the case. But no, fine. of course not. It's absolutely not true. But you wanted a theory. There's a theory. I've explained <laughs> it. Of course, by way, that's much my way of saying that uh, Hulk is an inept snapper and in no way up to the part of Thanos, who was far more efficient oh, at doing it. God wait, Almighty! Hang on a second here. Yeah, that man could snap. 
Well, he could bend and snap. No, I don't. <laughs> no, that's the ultimate cultural crossover Nobody wants event. To see that. <laughs> yeah. Nobody wants to see that. But I also I noticed looking back at the uh, the episode because I watched it again with with my wife drinking game, mm-hmm. and uh, I think it's important. A couple of things are important about it. So at the end of the episode, Wanda looks shocked and you know for a second she doesn't recognize this guy right you know there's Mm -hmm. a second where she's Mm -hmm. going i don't know who this is yes he's got silver hair but that's clearly not my brother so she leans into the illusion she accepts the illusion and it's important i think that vision has no memory you might say it's convenient that that was introduced literally seconds before this new revelation but hey since i'm innocent of this crime sir i find it decidedly inconvenient that the gun was never found but he is in no position to recognize that that is not Pietro, because no. he, he, he does know what he looks like. Yes. I think that's important as well. Maybe. I think she accepts it as part of the reality of the simulation and whether it's her own simulation or you know, an uncon- her unconscious has brought him in or someone else has brought him in. There's clearly that moment of something in her fighting against this because she knows on some level that that's not Pietro. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't know yet if that's her unconscious that she's fighting or if it's someone else. But I don't know that vision matters in that sense because he would have the same reaction, presumably. If he did have all his memories and he remembered all his life before now, he would still have that same thing that she has. He would either be um, fighting against the reality and would be, you know, kind of, they would try and nudge him back into line. Surely. Here's the thing. So you know how, how obviously in the comics, Wanda is first responsible for everyone being a mutant, essentially, and then responsible for there being almost no mutants. So it would make a certain amount of poetic sense for her to be responsible for mutants coming to the MCU. So maybe, you know, this is just all her, her need for Pietro has somehow altered the fabric of the space-time continuum. continuum. <laughs> she's going she's gonna to do the line, one mutant. And here he is. (laughs) One more mutant. One more mutant. (laughs) Did somebody say just Pete? Come on. That's very good. I don't know what that is. I I don't see that being the case in this show, but, you know, hey, I've been wrong about things already, so who knows? I've been wrong about things this morning, as my wife keeps telling me. this is the limbo that we're all in for the week, right? That we are waiting to see how they're going to resolve this. If they're going to just accept him as Pietro, whether he is going to just present himself as Pietro or whether he's going to be conscious of the fact that he is not Pietro and he is Peter. Mm. Um, I'm trying to recall, what was the very last line that Darcy says? Is it she's recast Pietro or they've recast Pietro? She's recast Pietro. Which is interesting because as Chris said, it's almost like Wanda, she doesn't quite recognise him at first. There's a, a, there's a beat there maybe it's not she, maybe it's not Wanda who's recast Pietro here. But I mean, that's all Darcy knows. I think there is a she that's interesting elsewhere. I think Norm's she does not necessarily refer to Wanda. That could refer to, I don't know, let's say Agnes. That could <gasps> refer to somebody else. It's like Hang you on. read my notes. This, we're going into tinfoil hat territory. This is like, the WhatsApp last night was fucking yeah, QAnon crazy. I was there doing the washing up for half an hour and I picked up my phone and the stream of craziness on our WandaVision WhatsApp. I don't think any of that was crazy. I think that was all totally legit. Yeah, I don't space think it's crazy. lasers, all of it. I don't think we it's did crazy. not have space lasers. Listening back to the show, listening back to the show, this is live interaction with the podcast that I'm <laughs> editing right now. Listening back to the show, I was going, because we were going back and forth
important. Is Agnes a bad guy? Is Agnes not a bad guy? Helen says the phrase red herring several times. And then I'm going, oh, but you know, she's she's so obviously part of the grand scheme. And then it hit me. Suddenly the scales fell from my eyes. Yes, you're absolutely right. Norm says she's in my head. At no point does he identify Wanda. That could be very, very important. And then I was looking at the, the beginning. Why is Agnes the first one to really break character? And it hit me. She's Kaiser saying the whole thing. She is deliberately drawing <laughs> attention away from, from her. By doing that, she, she knows she's a red herring. That's absolutely part of it. And then at that beginning as well, she, she, you know, when she's lying on the counter and she goes, she says something like, kids, you can't control them no matter how hard you try. And I suddenly thought, hang on a second. If we go by Helen's theory that the person or persons or entity behind this wants to bring someone back from the dead, suddenly I thought, it is Agnes and she's lost kids. She's lost her kids. And... She wants to bring them back, and she has somehow. Now I'm hearing it out loud. <laughs> yes, you're, you're yes. hearing the WhatsApp craziness of it all. <laughs> now you're yeah. hearing what I felt like when I was reading this in bed last night, going, "What have you two been drinking?" <laughs> and then you knew they hadn't. You two are the only two who don't drink. So what's the like, explanation? The Kool Aid is what I stand by my my theory as a possibility. I'm not standing by it as fact, but as a possibility, I'm standing by my theory that Agnes or similar has lost someone, and this is all about trying to get Wander to resurrect that someone. I don't think that necessarily means that the twins are the person or persons that that bad guy, whoever, is trying to get her to resurrect. Because if it were, I don't think any of the, the rest of this would be necessary because I don't think that person, that bereaved parent would be so worried about getting the twins to the right age. I think they'd just grab them and go. But then that means if you say if you lost your kids and they were in their 20s, would you take them as toddlers? Would you take them as five-year-olds and 10-year-olds? Yeah, because then you get to raise them again. Because otherwise, if you if they age up to 20 thinking they're Wanda's kids, then how are they yours anymore? <laughs> no, no, look, look. Like, I mean... We are Q. <laughs> w and on. Oh my God. God. Okay, 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 okay. But one thing did occur to me as well. I'm not sure if we've discussed this in any of the apps so far, uh, which is about why Wanda and why Wanda's suitability for this. And yes, she can manipulate reality to an extent. Jimbo, you said that her manipulation of reality was a new wrinkle, but in Age of Ultron, those visions that she conjures up for people seem pretty goddamn real to them. So in a way, she's always been doing it. But I think that's obviously why she can manipulate reality. She can make this town, this manifestation of this town appear real to people. But I also think that her pliability is a big factor in why Wanda... Think about the time frame of this. This takes place three weeks after Endgame, right? Now, for most people, that takes place five years after Infinity War. For Wanda, it's been three weeks since she lost Vision. She was snapped. So the pain of losing Vision is still very real. What part of the process is she at in terms of the five stages of grief? Is denial. she perhaps, is, she's certainly a denial, but was she also a bargaining at one point? See, now this, I think we disagree on this because you suggested that this is all Wanda striking a, 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 an active bargain with someone. Mm -hmm. 
And I don't necessarily know that I agree with that. James is so glad he logged back on for this. <laughs> you said come back out. I thought, oh yeah, we just got to do a quick like 60 second add a bit to a line. It's like, this is going to be another hour long discussion while you two crawl under the <laughs> duvet covers of Crazy Town. <laughs> hang on, hang on. My tinfoil hat's falling off. One second, yeah. let me just straighten out. Is, is, she, is she bargaining with Dormammu? Is this how this becomes Doctor <laughs> Strange 2? <laughs> She's come I just to watched bargain. that again yesterday. Oh, so good. So good. good. But yeah, I think maybe she has bargained with someone. That's someone that's then given her the information of where Vision's corpse has been has been hiding. Maybe Hayward's involved with it at all. That's why he tried to assassinate her, because that's basically well, that's what he was trying to do, mm. the dickhead. Uh, but also look, you know, just look at her history. Look at how we were introduced to Wanda Maximoff. She was... A, working for Hydra, or involved with Hydra in those experiments with, with Baron Strucker. But look how easily Ultron recruited her and Quicksilver to his cause. He basically went, oh, go and help me get rid of these people. And they, and they went, yep, sounds good to us. And she didn't interrogate it in any way, shape or form. So I'm just saying history, lightning might strike twice. She might have been in a very vulnerable emotional state, coerced by someone into doing something that she doesn't know obviously the full implications of what's happening but that's what i think has happened but both of those cases were direct cases of vengeance against specifically tony stark both ultron and and her previous vol- volunteering for hydra and mm-hmm. not not for nothing but like both of them turned out super badly we're assuming that she doesn't <laughs> learn anything at all because like the first time she got tortured and experimented on as yes. did her brother and yes. they saw everybody else who was tortured and experimented on die around them and the second time, he turned out to be a genocidal maniac. So I don't think it's too much of a stretch to imagine that she might possibly have learned to read the fine print. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, won't get fooled again. <laughs> but here's a wrinkle. Here's a wrinkle. This has literally just occurred to me. And you're going to say tinfoil hat and all this. Why, okay. why Pietro and Wanda? Strucker says, you know, and that... that Henry Goodman scientists in uh, yeah. Age of Ultron at the end of Winter Soldier. They they say something along the lines of all the other subjects that they experimented on with the Mind Stone, nothing took. It did for these two. Why? Mm-hmm. Here's my theory. They had God. latent mutant genes. Oh boy. We just I don't know that we have to have <sighs> mutants. <laughs> <laughs> I know we keep doing this. Maybe maybe we do. I just, I don't get the sense that we're going straight into mutants. We don't need mutants. Helen's gone full striker. I've gone full, I've gone, wow. I've gone full Wanda. Thank you. Maybe her punctuation was off. Maybe instead of no more mutants, she meant no, no. comma, more, more, more mutants. mutants. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe that's it. Maybe because you know, I've been saying that obviously that I think the people in the commercial are her parents, but they're her birth parents. That's Oleg and Arena. Mm-hmm. But what if her real dad, and this is a fuckload of a oh retcon, if so, what if her real dad is some suave planet crossing fork bending, Yuri Geller basically is what I'm saying. What if her dad is Yuri Geller? What if it's Eric Lencher? What if it's Magneto? Huh? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, bye bye. Okay, thanks for coming, guys. <laughs> this is this is like all the actual conspiracy theories in that they only exist because they all tie in together. And once you start believing in one, you start believing in all of them. That it's the chemtrails and it's the government surveillance and all of that. You've gone down not just one rabbit hole, but a whole nest of separate rabbit holes. I don't know what the word would be. Warren. <laughs> Warren. <laughs> Warren. Warren Worthington the third. Oh God. <laughs> oh my God. Oh Christ. I think some of my theories are entirely plausible. I think some of Chris's theories are entirely implausible. That's all. Don't I'm forget, saying. Helen. I have an unimpeachable track record. Uh, <laughs> I, I got one thing right in the Mandalorian, but it was a pretty big thing. So I'm dining out now for weeks, and I'm okay. using that as my prediction. Uh, Wait, you're dining out? I'm d- uh, Chris. <clears throat> dining, eat out to help out, Helen. Eat out to help out. <laughs> yes, and didn't it just? <laughs> it certainly did. Uh, a couple of really, really quick last things. We talked about Reed Richards and the possibility of whether it might not be Reed Richards, uh, who mm-hmm. is the aerospace engineer. I'm coming around to that, I have to yeah. say. Someone, someone tweeted me over the weekend with such certainty. They just simply said, Reed Richards is coming, which I thought was a bit personal. Golly. But, yes. <laughs> was it Sue Storm? I mean, and why was she tweeting in the middle? I just, uh, Helen. Come on. What? <laughs> oh, like I was the only one thinking it. Come on. Next thing, someone's going to talk about pulling the thing out and, you know, it's going to go <laughs> oh, to <boy>. shit. <laughs> my, my suspicion is it is going to be Reed Richards, but he's not going to be Bendy Stretcheruni at this point. He's going to be just Reed Richards, who is a really smart dude who happens to know a lot of shit. Because it kind of makes sense. We, we were talking about that yeah. Lizzie Olsen quote about, you know, bangly bang level cameo. And casting Reed Richards in secret, even if it's John Krasinski, that's huge. That's a big flex, as the kids say. If John Even Krasinski if walks it's John in, Krasinski? well, you know what I mean. Like, because everyone's expecting it to be John Krasinski, and he's he's amazing. Okay. We love him. Um, but if he walks into the show, a he can look at the camera with impunity. <laughs> in right? a sitcom setup. <laughs> in a sitcom setup, um, that would be a huge, huge flex if he has secretly cast. So, Reed Richards. I mean, I'm totally okay with it being Reed Richards, but I just sort of thought he wouldn't show up. It would just be one of those mentions. But sure, I'm here I for think, Krasinski. I think he's going to show up. He, he, Reed, who, who, there are very few characters in the Marvel Comics universe, not the MCU, but Marvel Comics, who have more experience of interdimensional travel and going to really, really <laughs> weird, funky places than Reed Richards. He might come in handy for what's about to happen down the line. That, that, hang on. What you've just said is untrue. He doesn't have any of that experience until after he becomes Bendy Stretcheruni. I know, but he might have knowledge of how to get to those places. He's still very smart. He doesn't travel to those places because he gets the ability to, you know, reach into a fridge. He gets those, he already has that craving. He already has those smarts. The cosmic rays don't make him smarter. They just make him stretchy. And bendy. If they did do that and and they've already cast him and they've shot something in secret, which if there was a time to do that and that wouldn't leak, it would be like now when yeah. there's nobody really out and about in the world. Um, but if they did that, would that be the first time since Samuel L. Jackson showing up as Nick Fury at the end of Iron Man where it's like, hey, we've 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 cast this person we've and, cast someone. and they've appeared and they've shot something and here you go and nobody knew it was coming. That'd be amazing. Well, they've yeah. done lots of secret things, but people generally knew the person was coming, just not in that particular property, I guess. Yeah, I mean, look, it's possible. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's likely, but it's possible. Okay. But, you know, one of the things when talking about this show is the fact that it is still a TV show. And yeah, it's obviously hugely popular and people are talking about it. And we're doing two-hour podcasts based around a 27-minute episode, <laughs> all that sort of stuff. 
there's still, I think, a hierarchy in people's minds between the MCU cinematic content that's going to be on your big screens and something like WandaVision, Falcon and Winter Soldier, Loki, Hawkeye, all that stuff that's going to be on the small screen. What better way, what greater statement of intent to say that these shows should be taken as seriously as any of the big budget, big screen stuff than to A, introduce Reed Richards and B, backdoor pilot the X-Men. What a statement of intent that is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just, that seems like a lot. We have a lot going on already. Do we need all of that? It just... Kevin didn't consult with us. We're very busy with our lives. It's it's very tiring. I can't take any more. It's too much. It's too much. It's too Too much. Too many mutants. Too many mutants. Too many mutants. That's what she should have said. Too many goddamn mutants. Uh, Just thinking. Just thinking. And also, if the X-Men are introduced via magic, does that make them the Hex-Men? Oh, God. Did you, oh, did you convene us that's here just to make that pun? Yeah. Here, I wrote that <laughs> down. literally the reason we're here. I wrote that down. Uh, I just wanted to mention as well quickly that we didn't talk about it, but there's the. Did you guys notice the switch to a drama format? And Jimbo, I wanted to ask you about this mm. uh, because we, it's, this version, this episode starts off as a 80s sitcom complete with laugh track. And then as the idea of death is introduced, it gets quite serious the laugh track disappears and it suddenly yeah. for- follows the format and the form uh, grammatically speaking cinematically speaking of a drama mm. which i thought was really interesting and maybe that's why the aspect ratio was 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 different i wonder this if week. it does i think it's more it's more in the title of the episode so the title is a very special episode and kind of it ties in really to me for those kind of sitcom shows where they do have themed episodes like tonight on a very special blossom you know where it deals with some kind of emotional shift where you do still have laughter but there are moments of sort of profundity and emotional weight which maybe you don't get a lot of laughter in so it felt more that that was that was the time you went for blossom <laughs> 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 what is Blossom? I've never heard of that show. <laughs> Ben's too young to remember Aww. Blossom. <laughs> uh, yeah, Mariam Bialik from uh, The Big Amy Bang Theory. It was, yeah, it was it was her sort of teenage yeah. girl show. She wore a lot of hats. Was it like I a precursor to Closer Explains It All? Um, I, I don't know that well enough, I'm afraid, <laughs> to say for sure. But, you know, I thought James would go for something slightly cooler, like um, The Wonder Years or something, which did kind of delve into drama sometimes. Yeah. yeah. But but no, he, he went for Blossom. Yeah, so I went just there. wanted to note yeah. that. Great. Thanks for uh, pointing that <laughs> yeah. out. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. But the uh, the aspect ratio thing is interesting. Uh, do you, why, do you, why do you think that, that is? Because it's it's... It's it's something that, you know, Matt Shackman, this the show's been meticulous in his approach to detail and his attention to detail. And then all of a sudden the aspect ratio isn't quite what it should have been. And Matt Shackman is a veteran of directing and starring a sitcom, so I'm wondering this is deliberate, right? Is it the indication that Wanda or whomever's grasp in reality is is maybe fading a bit it could be i mean they've, they've done serious use with the aspect ratio in the past and, and used it to very good effect so there's a part of me that wondered whether they were just like okay look this is a more enjoyable experience if we watch it properly formatted so when can we get to that let's just do it in the 80s and fudge it you can get away with it in the late 90s really i think i, I would say uh, actually no maybe mid 90s when did widescreen tvs become widespread i would have said it was mid 90s 
I think that was kind of early noughties because thinking about it, mm. thinking my DVDs, Buffy, the first three seasons are in the sort of squarey format, and then it was series four the where that becomes <laughs> wide screenier, which uh, I think was around two thousand and two, two thousand and one, two thousand and two, uh, and the same with things like um, uh, is it The Wire? The first few seasons of The Wire are All in of The Wire. It's all of the way, even the final Yeah, it was season, re-released right? in sixteen nine when it was remastered for HD, but you can still see, like, members of crew in the extended parts. Also, Buffy is a controversial one in terms of its translation to sixteen nine. But Completely. Anyway, and I wonder on. if that was part of the thing here, is that now this era of show, if it was shown today, would be in the format that we see it in WandaVision. The other thing is there is still a little bit of, um, of aspect ratio switcherooing, I think, because... Uh, Again, I can't remember the exact ratios, but the the sitcommy stuff filled the whole of my screen. And then when you go outside of Westview and it's all the sword camp, mm, yeah, uh, that had black and black bars at the top mm, and bottom. Mm-hmm. So there is still a bit of a switch there. What might have worked really well, and especially for Netweeks, is if it's in, uh, for next week's for next week's one, if they're going nineties, so make it a sixteen nine presentation but make it so that it's sort of like crops down to the middle of their face as a kind of <laughs> reference to how badly adapted four three shows were adapted to 69 in the 90s so yes i tried to watch a porn film over the weekend but it was shot in 69 oh, ratio and it just oh. <sighs> no 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 <clears throat> yeah. Will he go forward? Will he go back? <laughs> and folks, that is a that is a that is a callback to something that hasn't happened yet. Depending on where you put this in the podcast, so you are in for a real treat. A real treat. Wow! Talk about mind bending. We're doing the callback before the actual oh thing at this point. It's a call forward. It's a this call is like forward. Lost when they switch to flash forwards oh instead of flashbacks. God. Oh my god! Why did you put this at the end of the podcast? Because because that's the natural conclusion. Because will he go forward? Will he go backward? Is the lead up to the actual end? So I'm putting this in before that. Oh so god. honestly, the people at home, they're, they're in for a treat. If you haven't if you haven't thrown your phone across the room in disgust by now, uh, you're in for a real treat. Anyway, that is it. That is it. I'm going to let you guys go. Uh, he says, looking at about ten other points we haven't talked about. We got loads. Of, we got four more episodes to talk about. Four more episodes. Fine, it's it's, it's fine. totally fine. Totally fine. Uh, all right. Thank you for answering my call to arms, just so I could say hex men to you. <laughs> you're welcome. Oh, you owe us. You, Big yeah. time. We're not going to do this every week, by the way, folks. You're a hex offender. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. On that note, it's time for me to play the massively expensive WandaVision Monday morning extra bit addendum klaxon. Beep, 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 beep. Monday morning WandaVision extra bit klaxon. Beep, 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 beep. So expensive. Uh, anyway, on that note, that is definitely it. Uh, join us next week for more WandaVision-related fun. In the meantime, until then, until we meet again, until a auspicious occasion, all that stuff, it is goodbye from Squadcast name. Hashtag justice for Sparky, Ben Travis. Sparky, we will avenge you. <laughs> Come too soon. Sparky, we never knew ye. Uh, it is goodbye from Not My Pietro, James Dyer. Justice for Aaron Taylor Johnson. <laughs> I think we'll see him. I think we may see him. But will he be going forwards or will he be going backwards? Well, even if it's a flashback, yeah, if you travel fast enough, it's all the same thing, isn't it, Ben? I don't Wait, know, is Aaron Taylor Johnson in, in Tenet? I'm just upset what? that Ben just said, will he be going forward? Will he be going backwards? <laughs> <laughs> ben has just uh, revealed his weekend plans. <laughs> Chris <laughs> he's got his dick in a box <laughs> and uh, 
It's goodbye from Not All Who Wander Are Lost, Helen O'Hara. Justice for Tommy and Billy. I mean, I guess. They're alive. Yeah, I they're mean, fine. so far. <laughs> <laughs> They've lost precious years of their childhood, damn it. Do, do, we, have to, do we all have to do this justice thing? I don't remember people Apparently we give... do. I just felt like two people had done it before me. I felt like I, hadn't, I couldn't break the, the rhythm. Also, did you notice they had five birthdays at once? She had a birthday cake with one, two, three, four, five on it. <laughs> in the in the intro, no, that's funny. Um, that's funny. So you know, think of all the birthday cakes they're missing. My God! Someone also pointed out that uh, we're given Wanda's birth date as 1989, but then later on, like seconds later, we see on a computer screen 1988. So someone needs to be fired. <laughs> uh, also, also, if it is 1989, and this might oh hey Hayward might be because he's Mephisto giving bullshit information, mm. uh, and that may not even have been Wanda taking Vision's corpse because it's all a manipulation, what? isn't it? But if it is 1989, then that means that Wanda is 34 years old, except she's not because she missed five years of her life. So she's 29. Mm-hmm. Same as me. Same as Ben. Same as Ben. Will he go forward? Will he go backward? <laughs> <laughs> and it's goodbye for me. Sparky's Dream. Great teenage fan club track. Justice for Jerry Love. Thanks for listening. See you next week. We leave you now with the haunting strains of whatever the hell it is Jimbo wants to play on his kisser. <laughs> Bye-bye. Oh, God. Kisubi going forward, Kisubi going backwards. <laughs> Thanks for listening. I'm off to put my dick in a box. Bye bye. <laughs>